Episode 274 of the Saturn Studs Podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my dark <laughs> and spooky co-hosts, Peter and Jake. My bloody co-hosts. My bodies. <laughs> now this podcast actually took years to record. And what you won't know and what you see in the movie is that we actually are all in the same room. We just have different cameras and microphones recording us individually now at the time it's this a big was garage. revolutionary it's a big <laughs> it's a big garage but uh, it, it was still a garage uh, I was going to do I forgot it instantly when I hit the record button but I did have a pre-planned Garth Marenghi style introduction uh, oh, that yeah. I thought of yesterday but I immediately forgot it once I hit record, <laughs> as 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 is tradition, it's understood. You know, you go to sleep, you wake up, you forget everything you knew. That's what happens to me every day. Uh, but what I didn't forget is that this week we're coming at you with <coughs> with the throat mucus edition of the cast. <clears throat> throat get throat. some mucinex for that bad boy. And of course, as always, because I think I forgot a couple weeks ago, we're coming at you live, as always, from our special little hospital on the top of a spooky hill, surrounded by green clouds. <laughs> and the, the kitty the wing. wing. <laughs> Jake Serrett wing, the kitty wing. Yes. Yeah. So in case people uh, aren't sure what, uh, what, we're, what the heck we're talking about, talk about the dark place. Not to be confused with the dank place. Garth Marenghi's dark place. The uh, oft-forgot-about Richard Arawade project <laughs> yeah. from the early 2000s. Um, it's aired it's on late Channel night 4. Adult Swim beauty. It is, it is Adult Swim humor. It's, it's, it is probably one of the best at least in the television show, certainly. It's the best parody show, I think, ever made. Um, it's it's, it's, it's like black dynamite tier quality in terms of lampooning I a genre. Don't, I don't know what mm-hmm. came first, but this reminds me also a lot of um, Children's Hospital. I believe this, this came first by yeah. a okay, solid so this, decade. This definitely probably inspired... Like Children's Hospital, I think. Uh, I've never, I've never mm. seen like a full episode Likely. of that, but I mean, just the clips that I've seen from that and like the shots, just it, it has to be. Yeah, it's a, it's a big influence. This was, um, <clears throat> this was Matt Berry's premiere performance. His debut was this yes. show. One of my favorite actors out there He's... today. <laughs> uh, Kills it as Dr. Lucian Sanchez slash Todd Rivers. Yeah. Um, he, uh, it wasn't he included in our collection, unfortunately, yep. but there is there is a, a seventh special episode of this where it's just the interview segments right. for a full mm-hmm. 30 minutes. And uh, it's hilarious. What I didn't I what I also figured out, what I also found online 
was that the DVD release had a commentary of commentary track of the entire season, but it's they're still in the, character, they're in character commenting yeah. on the show that also has the character That's bits awesome. in it. There's there's a uh, a few commentary tracks that are like amongst my favorites. There's uh, on the DVD release of Brother Bear, mm-hmm. uh, the Moose, the Meese, Rut and Took do commentary in character and of course the talladega knights commentary track where they're not in character but they create this whole alternate universe about what happened after the filming of the movie (laughs) and talk like that like they have michael clark duncan as a founder of religion with the script of talladega knights as their holy text I, I, i love this genre this is the shit you can't yeah. get on Netflix, people. This is why you buy physical the, media. Um, the, the 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 awesome thing about this show is also the fact that like even like the side actors, like the ones that just pop up in a single episode for like half of it or something like that, like uh, Julian Bratt, uh, Stephen Merchant. Uh, even yes. though Noel Noel Fielding uh, didn't have any lines, I love him in like uh, all the um, shit. What is it? The Mighty Boosh stuff. So he's just comic <laughs> gold. Lots, lots of like connections here. Like this really was the genesis of mm-hmm. a lot of, like the IT crowd and uh, Toast of London and yeah. Mighty Boosh. All kind of spawned from the collaborations formed in this the show. It's almost like England is a a tiny island with like. <laughs> one giant city <laughs> so they don't have a huge pool of actors from their home country to pull from yeah which kind of it's, it's interesting because like the way british television the way it's structured is always fascinated me because they're like all really short seasons mm-hmm. like six eight episodes max and like they usually only run for a few series as they call it Right. Um, I guess it's just all that there's like you said, there's not a lot of actors and they have a lot of projects <laughs> that they gotta mm-hmm. fit into their schedule. Yeah. It's I feel like with TV it's either shows are either we ran for one season, like in, in terms of like large scale, like national TV, like ideas about TV. It's either we ran the show for one season or this show has been going for the last fifty years and it's a it's a household staple. And this is what every family in X country does on a Sunday. Is you sit down and you watch the the Schmingy show. What's the one from uh, Auntie Donna? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> like it's whatever one in nineteen ninety six. It's like oh, this is actually twenty eighteen. This is not for fourteen years. Um, but yeah, so, or it's like Sabado Gigante. <laughs> Sabado Gigante. Uh, yeah, we'll. Uh, We'll discuss Dark Place and its magnificence in further detail at the close of the show, as we always do. But first, we have Trey Watch, our weekly trailer roundup and review segment. There were quite a few trailers this week, uh, some <laughs> ranging from strange to very strange. <laughs> Let's just put it like that. Sounds about right. Hey, did you categories. hear Free Guys I, coming I, out? Have you watched all the TV spots and featurettes? God damn, just come out. Right? For free guy. 
feel like this movie was supposed yeah. to come out a year ago. <laughs> uh, you hear about James Bond born to die? Did you what watch about the TV? Shang-Chi and the Legend or of the Ten Rings. This... You know, that movie that was written by that guy who wrote fucking Wonder Woman 1984. Or the Stillwater feature. Mortal Kombat. Talking about how... Yeah, that was. We had, who was it? Who's that? What's that fuck guy? We made a movie. Um, Matt Damon. Matt yeah, Damon. I knew it started with like an M. Matt. Matt Damon. I have because I have a friend uh, who's a very similar name and is is nothing like him at all. Uh, or Matt Damon has to spawn mm-hmm. his best. Your friend MAGA. is an Oscar nominated. <laughs> uh, yeah, I read an article this morning about how Amanda Knox is pissed off at. Uh, the uh, marketing team for this movie for profiting yeah. off of her story. Get Ooh. over it. Her name isn't Stillwater. <laughs> Get over uh, being wrongly imprisoned for four years it. already. <laughs> Just like I can't get over House of Gucci. All right. I'm just starting yeah, at the start top. there. In chronological. Uh, if if you had movie that stars Lady Gaga, Adam Driver, and directed by Ridley Scott on your bingo card for this week, just go See, ahead. I and had Lady bingo. Gaga and Adam Driver, but Ridley Scott came out of left field for that one. That's not an alien movie. Like holy shit! Well, Ridley Scott's directed. No, he like has Gladiator, and <laughs> this. Yeah, this this movie tries. I feel like this movie is trying to improve its quality by cramming it with star actress in the same way that basic women try to improve their quality by cramming their person with Gucci products. <laughs> this is the Gucci of Gucci, which it, which means I fully expect there to be a Chinese knockoff House of Gucci, uh, starring not quite body doubles of all of the main actors that won't be shown in theaters. What would be a Chinese knockoff of House of Gucci? Casa Casa de Prada? House of Grunchy. Casa Bonita. Did you hear that Matt Parker and Trey Stoner were going to buy that? No. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's the restaurant's like closed down, but they're going to buy. I don't know what they're planning to do with it, but they're going to buy. They're going to buy it. Yeah. I that makes sense. They have there's a weird fondness like it seems they have for that place. Um it it makes sense with their vibe because it's a just a giant strange place that you go to. Like a weird like a weird temple to like um Bacchus, except there's no wine, instead it's chimichangas. <laughs> temple of chimichangas. Uh, I mean chimichangas are pretty goddamn good. I understand like, why Deadpool is all about them. Yeah, like it's looking, a fried looking at burrito. The, what, what's yeah. not to love about it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like looking at the place, like from the description of Casa Bonita, I feel like this was something that the ancient Romans did, and like the emperor, this was the emperor's like pleasure palace. Like you walk into the back room of the party room, and it's fucking Nero, like sitting there with a with a bag of tortilla chips, just munching <laughs> down. While a mariachi band plays on his throne. Brother Nero, <laughs> I knew you'd come. Brother uh, Nero. Pa- 
pivoting back to Ridley Scott here, uh, I just want to read to you guys his upcoming film list. Uh, the Last Duel, which is completed. House mm-hmm. of Gucci, which is currently in post-production. Untitled Alien oh, Prequel. Queen and Country. Kit Bag. And Gladiator 2. Just put it down, Ridley. Put, put the camera the down. I will have to say, though. Gladiator on, on top 2. Of, 21 On top years of Adam later. Driver and Lady Gaga, we also have Al Pacino being the best Al Pacino he's ever been. And uh, mm-hmm. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Um, it's so funny As, because they have on IMDb, they have the cast picture of him um, with his long hair and bow tie and everything. You know, on the red carpet, mm-hmm. and then in his the picture of him as uh, as Paolo Whatever Paolo Gucci, is. Uh, he is bald with or well, I guess he has the, the what do you call the back hair? He's got the eight hours in in prosthetic the skull uh, lumpy <laughs> yeah makeup. He's got treatment. the skullet where it's just all bald on top until you get to about ear, and then it's just fucking locks going back so yeah skull skull cap bald cap you know that he's got putting all of his hair in that holiday in <laughs> if your hair stops acting up then you take its friends yeah <laughs> um so this th- i mean this cast looks awesome uh but the movie is just like why the the IMDb description, spanning three decades of love, betrayal, decadence, revenge, and ultimately murder, we see what a name means, what it's worth, and how far a family will go for control. I, I didn't know there was a lot of shit that happened with Gucci, but... I'm sure it's been uh, sure. dramatized. I can't, wait. I can't wait for the Grey Goose movie, sponsored by Costco, Kirkland Vodka. <laughs> well i i mean that is the pro uh, tip uh side note pro tip for all you out there in america all of our american audience which is not surprisingly not a large portion well um, it's 50 percent okay so this applies to 50 percent of our audience kirkland vodka is gray goose it is literally gray goose they make it in the same facility as gray goose it's just distributed differently so go Look. get your kirkland gray goose for like Peter, Real you want Also, Grey Goose notoriously places terribly in blind taste tests. Yes. By vodka. Well, experts. I mean, that's because it's vodka. But as as much as they try uh, to mask and? any taste, vodka does. It <laughs> no, has a taste. Oh, vodka's trash. Have you ever t- have you ever drank? Ciroc? Ciroc has no taste. (laughs) Trash! It's just liquor. It just gets you drunk. No, not... Like, taste... They weren't putting it in taste tests against, like, Pinot Noir. I'm just saying. It's like... It's like... What would you rather have? I guess, like, like, what is the the best of the dog waters? Like, which one are you going to drink? The... Platinum 7X. We've we've done this experiment. Or or hydrated piss. Seven times distilled, Jake. <laughs> yeah, I'll distill it through my fucking Brita pitcher, please. I've yeah, seen videos of that. It, works. It, I've, it doesn't I've, end well, well with the we've, pitcher. I've tried it. I don't know if it changed anything. 
tried it back in college because why not? You gotta get out those impurities. Filter it through Dan Aykroyd. Filter it, yeah. It's you filtered know, through three right, so, Dan Aykroyd. You know what vodka? <laughs> it's yeah. just poured over you know his what fucking vodka fat is good body. For? Just, oh it's yeah, just a tube from his Dan Aykroyd infused vodka. Um, if you ever want alcohol that just tastes like a like a flavor. Vodka is really good for that. It's good for infusions. That's what I mean. That's what gin is. It's just, it's just herbal citrus vodka. Oh, yeah. But don't don't, don't tell gin heads gin. that. We'll cry. Um. Fuck yeah. No. <sighs> what were we um, talking about? House Gucci. Don't. I don't want to watch it. No, It'll probably yeah, do good it. though. What I do want to watch though. It's, I mean, Vivo. I don't know why, but I want to watch Bebo. it. Oh, it's because it's got a kinkajou in it. it Which we learned was not a monkey. Um, thank you, girl, thank you, informative Girl Scout character. Um, for I love how they actually this. did want yeah. to like put that in the trailer because everybody's like, "Oh, look at Vivo, the movie about a monkey," and then they're like, "No, it's not a monkey. It's a kinkajou." Well, he's bipedal in the movie. So it's easy to assume it's a monkey because kinkajous are not bipedal. I think it's like more to deal with their like tail too. They have like more of a prehensile tail. More than a monkey does. I don't know. I guess for me, when I think of fuzzy South American animal that can grab things with its hands and has a tail, I think monkey. Monkey. <laughs> Monk. But this um, is a kinky but this is apparently it is apparently a raccoon type deal. It's a raccoon yeah. type Pokemon, um, <laughs> and it is. It's uh, tell me you want to be Disney without saying you want to be Disney. I know this is a Netflix movie, but is do we know like what studio is doing the animation um, on this? Yes, I do not. Let me look. Because let me go to the. End don't of look the movie. great. Oh wait, oh wait. I think I saw a Sony. Yeah, Sony animate yeah. pictures okay. animation. Um, it also has uh, Lin Manuel Miranda as I don't know the dude who's like Lin Manuel. I think he's voicing Vivo or I don't know the monkey, the Kinkajou. He is. He's. I Which think he's also sings. the composer. Mm. Oh, all the credits are at the end here. Um. Scored by Alex Lacamore, so no, not the composer. Original yeah. songs by Lin Manuel Miranda, executive producer Lin Manuel Miranda, Lawrence Mark Lewis Kutin Locke. Story by Peter Brascocini, and I think that's Chiara Allegra Hoods. Screenplay by Kirk. D'Amico and Kiara Lego Hoods, produced by Lisa Stewart. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. Co- co-director Brandon Jeffords and Kirk D'Amico is the actual director. Um, yeah, not really. I mean, it's not a movie made for me, but I watched something like Mitchell's versus Machines, and I have no interest in watching something yeah. like this. Of course, I did not have much interest in Mitchell's versus Machines either, but that turned out to be pr- 
pretty fucking good. Well, I think I think this mm-hmm. might be for people who like really love Lin Manuel Miranda and want and want more. I don't know. They want to get their. I mean, they're certainly relying sure. on his. I guess you would call it star power. He's got like two movies movie. coming out too, right? What, what about the? Isn't there that other one that? Well, yeah, he had In the Heights. Well, no, but there's also isn't there that other animated movie by Pixar that had like original music? Oh, by... right, yeah, with the fucking they've got uh, yeah. they all have superpowers. Oh, and yeah. Kanto. Kanto, which is how is how is this not the like, same movie? I sing in <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> Well, no, you see, vivo means I live in Spanish. Canto means I sing in Spanish. Oh, see? Oh. Similar ideas. Different priorities. Different priorities. Kinkajou's just trying to stay alive. trying to stay alive. This is uh, all the proceeds going to the Save a Kinkajou Foundation. Save your local kinky Jew. Are kinky Jews endangered? I don't know. Well, I mean, they're, uh, you know, they're getting... I mean, they live in the rainforest, getting, like, so they're probably endangered because for... we're. What, Jake? I you couldn't resist, could you? You could not so hold there's back. A, there's a. You had to a do famous, it live. Uh, TikTok that I, I I love quoting, and. Well, that explains um, why I've never heard there, of this. There's like a there's like a, animal keeper, who is like this is how you catch a kinkajou, and she holds up a kinkajou and she like grabs it by its tail and it just picks it up. It's kind of cool. Um, and then somebody duetted it, and they were like, as a kinky Jew, I can confirm this is how you catch a kinky Jew. I see. And I was like, that's, that's fucking comedy. That's good. I mean, that's... Hmm. I'm glad someone made the obvious joke. It was just also <laughs> the type of person that who said it, too. It was just mm, chef's kiss. Um a, a, a Jew. Well, they were very uh, interesting looking. Very no, Jewy. no, they honestly didn't look super Jewy, but like, <laughs> you took the they bait. Look super Jewy, but you know, they, they look a little Jake diet Jew. That's of course assuming that <coughs> Jewish people are monolith, and which they are not. Uh, that that should show you that they can they can come in all different you know shapes sizes and many colors. Forms. No, they not can... not saying not implying that they can shape shift. No, no, no. That's no. It's not where we're going with no. that. Let's all right. Let's just get away from this Jewish talk and talk about Steven Spielberg's <laughs> new movie. That's a good call. Nothing Jewish about this. Um... Which one West, is this? West Side Story. They got a longer trailer oh, out. Right. Yeah, the new West Side Story. Uh, it's it's West Side Story. I don't know what you want me to say about it. Production values. It's he wants. It's I mean, it's the first time it's been. I think in a movie since the the old one. Yeah, since '62, uh, I believe. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you make the movie adaptation of the musical, and in the case of West Side Story, it's it's kind of a period piece, so it doesn't really age. necessitate a remake, necessarily. Yeah, yeah and it doesn't age uh, poorly or anything. I think this is just another example of Hollywood being a little creatively bankrupt at the moment and having mm-hmm. to dust off older properties to 
uh, stay afloat. I don't really know how much excitement there's going to be amongst young audiences for West Side Story, but... Yeah, uh, I think this is... Their market research indicates algae rhythm did the number <laughs> crunching and uh, has determined that this is worth releasing. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it yep. looks like this even is... from this extended trailer that they're trying to capture the the originality, the essence of the original, so I hope they do a good job. Well, they brought they brought Maria back as the uh, the abuela. Of course, I mean this is like this is essentially a Disney reboot, um, <laughs> but of not Disney property. So they're gonna do a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah, this just feels like uh, it, I'm sure it won't be bad, but it feels to me like it's hopping on a bunch of like. There's a lot of trends in Hollywood, not necessarily among the American movie-going audience. There's not like a vibe of ty- or a type of movie that they're all really interested in seeing. But Disney was well, doing. Well, we haven't been reboots. able to go to the movies for a while, so everyone's kind of uncertain about what's what's hip right now. You know, mm-hmm. and Disney put out a Hamilton, and that did well so everyone's like trying to get in on everybody's into short form yeah, now content kids like TikTok. musicals right now right that's safe that's a safe bet and it probably is it's people oh, yeah, of all like ages this, will people, go see this people movie people will see this movie it will do reasonably well um it doesn't need to exist but no it's not like a blight upon society a pox upon your house, Mr. Spielberg. I, I, don't, I don't have strong feelings about it one way or the other. It's going to come out. People yeah. will see it. They will say it's either good or not as good as the original. And then we will all move on with our lives. Mm-hmm. It, it'll, it'll tide people over until Hollywood thinks of an idea. This is something to tribute before the masses. A, a sacrificial lamb, if you will. Is that a... Is that a segment? Oh, what? Jake, did you hear a word? Did you did you hear a trigger word? Did that did that remind you anything of anything? Jake's been trigger raging, as in the the movie Lamb, He's the sequel to sequel Pig. Pig. He's the Manchurian candidate. Uh, yeah, Nicholas Cage um, turns as as the Lamb. The Lamb. Uh, I oh uh, god. So when Cage is Peter and I Christ. were doing a stream the other day. And we were talking about the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer. And I I went to pull up movie clips trailers and I saw Lamb. And I jokingly said, is this, like, going to be another movie like Pig? Where we all clown on the, on the trailer, but it turns out to be, like, a really good movie? I suppose that's still possible, but I find it a lot less well, likely. It's very Lamb-centric. Yeah, because I have no idea what the fuck. Is this going is, on in this so movie? So on one hand, very A twenty four. I don't know what genre it is. <laughs> so on one hand, we have Pig, where like it was not very pig centric. It was like a character piece on, uh, you know the, what the fuck's his name? I can't. Wow. Grief, loss. Robert. Uh, Robert Sally. Yeah. Um, and in this one, you have a lamb, which is very lamb centric. It's going to be a character piece on a so, lamb, like. I'm not sure if this is supposed to be like Babe with a lamb or it's like, oh, we love this lamb. I don't know if it's supposed to be like the fucking omen with a lamb 
where this lamb is fucking possessed by Satan and is trying to kill the family. I don't fucking know you what's wanna... going on. I mean, it's an A24 movie, so I'm going to assume it's the latter, but I don't know what the fuck is happening so in this trailer. this is one of the movies that like had like popped up and sparked discussion amongst a lot of communities, and people who were talking about it were like, I don't know what this movie's going to be about, and the best guess is that this couple, this this lamb herders or whatever uh you know couldn't have a child or they lost a child early on and one of their lambs gave birth to a a very human-esque lamb oh was that just not a kid in a lamb costume so this is like the fucking episode of dark place where he has a fucking (laughs) mantis baby (laughs) She was born half half child, half so mantis. So this this lamb is a little bit more human child than than lamb. Uh, that's why they're putting flower crowns on it. That's why she's giving it flowers at one point in the field. It's uh, at one point they are walking with it, and they're like holding hands mm-hmm. too, like. Okay, so that might be yes. like a dream sequence. Maybe I, it's. I don't know. You're you're. It's an A twenty four film, so I'm just. I'm the only thing I can think of is is um, Willem Dafoe going. You're fond of me lamb chops, aren't you? <laughs> you're fond of me lamb chops. <laughs> Robert Pattinson just takes a baby lamb and slams it on the rocks. <laughs> Bad luck to kill a lamb. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the big thing that everybody's pointing to, is that this is like, it's a lamb. Like, uh... Seems really allegorical to me. And and I think the thing is that all the other lambs are like, saying, hey, give us back our kid! And they're gonna, like, attack the people. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's yeah, gonna this, be... This is just, it's a weird... Weird movie. Yeah, this is definitely uh, um, going to be the one that I'm going to watch. <laughs> I'm excited for this shit. I want to see why that lamb is a flower mm-hmm. crown. It's it's going to be Midsommar. Yeah. Just with a lamb instead of Florence Pugh. The lamb was the understudy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of understudies, Will Smith was the understudy for... Will Smith in the movie King Richard, um, a movie about two tennis players. Guess who they are? Two famous female tennis players. Djokovic. Four siblings. Um, Borg and yes. McEnroe. <laughs> yes, they did not. Actually, they are half brothers. Uh, they grew up together, um, and they're half they, twins. They transitioned. Uh, at a very late stage in their life, they are now female. They transitioned. <laughs> transitioned both racially and Yeah, sexually. they identify as, as a couple of black girls. Uh, well, I mean, not not so far from the truth with uh, Will Smith, who is obviously a white man who uh, identifies as a black man. And and through, through the power and magic of CG, uh, he has made his persona... 
No, he's oh, old yeah, that's school, right. Jake. Blackface. He still sits in the makeup chair for, yeah. for 10 hours while they, while they right. do they blackface. They sculpt the shit. There, 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 there was a scene they had to cut from uh, Pursuit of Happiness where they ran out of makeup for his hand. And so yeah. you could see that it he was, like it was reached white. Up, he reached up with the suit one time, and you could see a little bit of the white underneath. Because at that point, they were just doing his hands, and the suit was going to cover his white, white, pale skin like ivory. Um, like he's 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 whiter yeah. than me in actuality. Yeah. If, you if you ever seen Will Smith, almost albino. Yeah, if you ever really. seen Will Smith without his makeup on? Oh my gosh! Like he's single-handedly keeping Morphe alive. Like he goes into a pool and his legs glow. They like send out the beacon and fucking the eagles fly. <laughs> and then he just it completely can't, can't tell. It dirties up the pool too. It just all the makeup runs off and it's like the water just starts getting black. Mm-hmm. Well, at, at oh, his estate, oh, oh, of course. Where the makeup when, he goes yeah, when he's when he's by himself and you know none of the paparazzi around him. You know he. It's just a majestic mm-hmm. naked he's white. Set beast. up a lot of elaborate booby traps. Yeah. <laughs> that. You know that is um, that's a real thing. Albino black people is, is a real thing. Um, famously, the villain of Black Dynamite. They're not Black Dynamite. Black Lightning. Um, yes. Is uh, is an albino black person with reddish hair. So even in an all black show, they managed to have. A ginger villain. Yes. Um, speaking of that type of thing, I, I don't know. It's just this is we- it's weird to me that <clears throat> this movie that is really ostensibly about Venus and Serena Williams is, <laughs> um, it's, it's marketed as the story of the dad and coach. Well, um, it might be the story of the dad, like you know. It's valid if you're going to do a Jackson 5 movie to have it be about their dad who pushed them (laughs) and fucking ruined their Mm -hmm. childhoods to make money off of them. Mm -hmm. It's just that's an I guess that's an aspect of their lives that I didn't. Yeah, I'm not aware of it. I didn't know this was of interest to people. Well, Will Smith undoubtedly got this movie made. Um, mm. so he wanted it to be about him because that's how he rolled. And he couldn't have it called. Uh, he wanted because he, he wanted them to be like they're the queens of the court. So they really he really wanted to call the king of queens, mm. but that movie that name was already taken. King of queens. Yeah, Kevin James, very notoriously litigious, and he he was like this. So what happens moment- when you roll with Adam Sandler? <laughs> The moment he wrote that name down on a piece of paper, he, he heard a knock on the door, and he said, Mr. Smith, I'm an attorney. I dodged your booby traps. You're being served with a civil suit from Mr. Kevin James. That's how, that's how news broke of, uh, of him being white. The attorney caught him white-handed. Jake, we broke the news, okay? Don't, don't take away credit. We're exclusive well, he's, on he's this. He's the one who told us. Well, yeah, because we met him. We were at his estate. <laughs> Broken. <laughs> we were Exclusive. at his estate, which is northern Montana. Exclusive interview with White Will Smith. 
we were we were not allowed to keep the footage. He had very big security guards who took our cameras away. I'm sorry. One more. <laughs> and we we got we did he did give us a gift card to Casa Bonita though for yeah. the compensation for our cameras. That was that was his condolence gift for Brad Grammer, who set who all those years back set us up for that interview. That is true. Brad Grammer for all the bad traits you could say about him, like how he forged his signature to make us believe we were hiring Brad Garrett. Um you know, he did know Will Smith. I guess I guess their fathers were friends back in the day. And uh he had some pull there and he got us that interview set up. I uh, did not get us, uh, you know, clearance from the booby traps. We actually had to <laughs> to bring yeah. metal detectors and, and can find can the only do mines. so much. It for was you. it was real life minesweeper. It was really quite a traumatic experience. <laughs> <laughs> I want the minesweeper movie. I really do. Now you guys might. <laughs> I'm sure there's someone listening who's like, uh, there's a continuity error. Uh, Brad Grammer died before Jake joined the show, so obviously this is a lie. <laughs> the studs lore. <laughs> you're, a, you're a lie. You are, and, you're not real. It's all fake. Everything. You look at yourself every day and there's less of you. <laughs> People only get to care about a few things. You don't life. even see yourself. <laughs> Wait, there is a Minesweeper movie? Uh, no, it's one of those fake internet trailers from fucking 2005. 1943. Remember when they made Internet the movie? No. College Humor, I think, made the uh, Minesweeper trailer. Um, Minesweeper 9... Or them record or Dillage Digit. An hour right, and seven minutes. Digit. Send it over. Jake's got it. Send it I over. I mean, isn't... Kid. Wouldn't a Minesweeper movie basically just be the Hurt Locker? Yes, I guess so. I guess so. Sorry, my uh. But I want more math than cheesy acting. Google's acting up. It's not copying paste. <laughs> so it's a Wikipedia article starring Richard Arlen, Gene Parkler, Russell Hayden, Minesweeper. <laughs> okay, well this this is before computers <laughs> were even invented, Jake. This <laughs> is. You could say that Minesweeper is the the licensed video game of the movie. <laughs> yes, I I see the other thing with the college humor uh, trailer for Minesweeper the movie. That's pretty epic. I want it. I'm amazed at how much of that shit I fucking remember from like 2008 back when. I don't know if college humor was funny back then or if I was just immature enough to find their humor that, funny. I, I think. And it was the state of the internet, too, at the time. I remember when y'all don't... Kids these days don't remember image macros. <laughs> yeah, back before we called everything memes, and memes referred to specific things. Yes, memes were very, very narrow. And then someone decided that they could deep fry the memes. And the world changed. I think it's Gen Z got on the internet, and that's when it all went downhill. <laughs> Those damn zoomers. What, uh, what else do we got? Um, Nighthouse, scary, spooky house. Yeah, I I, I always love <laughs> like it all. This all progenerates from uh, the house on Haunted Hill, which was a, a very old mm-hmm. Vincent Price horror movie, and 
I love the fucking all the permutations of that title that have gone out. My favorite one was most recently on Netflix, The Haunting of Hill House, where it's like, come, you're just shuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to help. No, it's the Hill um, House, not House on the Hill. <laughs> And we have well, our own favorite board so game. Trail at House on the Hill. And we're going to get King Richard to join the House on the Hill, and it'll be King of the Hill. <laughs> tell you why. Mike Judge, Mike Judge will knock on the door, or an attorney representing Mike Judge will knock on his door and be like, Mr. Smith, you're being served from a I dodged your booby traps. <laughs> that boy, right. Cat. We just sent Dale in to do it. He said he could do it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that boy! Uh, right. <coughs> poker man, poker man movie. So yeah, what the poker what? face? Lady Gaga's poker oh, face. We're doing Nighthouse po- po- already. <laughs> poker face. Po- po- poker. Yes. <laughs> There's the nothing to say. Spooky guess, doll that pokes you. Guess guess what? This movie's about the card okay. counter. I think oh, it's yeah, about, it's about, about the. Uh, it's inequality a, it's of about Native Americans. It's running modern. No. Uh, you're close. It's about a guy who counts cars in oh, the casino. Shit. Yeah, maybe I was close. I mean, they they own the casinos. It's got uh, it's got the kid with the it's lips the kid in it. With the lips. <laughs> it's got Lip Man. Who, oh, oh, oh they never. didn't. I feel like they. Just... I will make it a point to never learn his name. I will always <laughs> refer to him as the kid with the lips. Did they mix his audio bad in this trailer? It feels like they his audio. Everyone's audio bad in this trailer. Like they do not line up with like the. In the middle bad. of the trailer, okay. it looks like um, Oscar Isaac and like the kid with the lips are doing like an interview or something like that, and like they're talking about the mm-hmm. movie. But that's just a scene in the movie, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like meta commentary and then you have scenes with Willem Dafoe in black and white so he just never left the set of the lighthouse <laughs> yeah he's just still there <laughs> yeah so William William Dafoe is, is Willem Dafoe is not is a different man after lighthouse w- William Dafoe will I am Dafoe <laughs> William Defriend. <laughs> um and then Tiffany Haddish is in this again as a comedic character so it's not her doing another Wait, drama is she the comedy like really i'm not sure she's probably she's like, funny but i mean she's cracking like funnies she's making funnies yeah. she's not screaming at the camera Check yeah like shade. i think i think we had discovered in in bad trip that uh she's actually an all right actress mm-hmm. and pretty funny uh she just has terrible role selection this one she might have a little bit more of a serious role too so we'll see if that is actually helps with it well, what was that? It was her, Melissa McCarthy, and some other when they were in a in the movie called The Kitchen. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Women mob yes. bosses. I feel like that. Did I forget who well. the other actress in that was, but she's also known for comedy. So she's done a bit of, and she was in that Woody Allen movie. This might actually not be too bad of a role for her. I think I think she seems pretty good for it. She's also, or not not Woody Allen, Billy Crystal. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The movie that more people should have seen. But unfortunately, for Billy Crystal, nobody wants to go see it. Sad Billy Crystal. Yeah, it didn't get 
great reviews, yeah. if I recall correctly. I mean, I need to see it to to make up my own mind because I don't really trust no. movie critics. To be honest, they've they've just, been way just, off on a lot of movies. Just watch like twenty videos about it, like twenty five minute videos about like the review, and get a synopsis, and then give it movie of the year. I don't see the problem in that. Now it seems like due yeah. process. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's that's yeah. everything. We got it all. Congratulations. Moving on to our next segment, which is the follow-up, where we follow up on some of these movies we've talked about in Treywatch. Uh, and uh, we see how they're doing at the box office and critically. Uh, taking the lead in the box office this week is Old from M. Night Shyamalan. $16.85 million. It beat out Snake Eyes in the number two spot, for, uh, which brought in $13.36 million. So that's not not good news for Snake Eyes. No. Or the G.I. Joe franchise in general. Oh, sir. I did hear about Snake Eyes being a complete and utter flop. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't mean, know if we, we were expecting trailer, anything different. Yeah. Like, also had a pretty big budget. I think it was like a hundred million dollar budget. Yeah. Oh wow! I mean, it's a big action yeah. movie, so that's gonna be those don't come rough. cheap. Uh, they also, yeah. So, not to not to jump too far ahead. But old is our spotlight film, so we will be taking a look at this. Old is based on the graphic novel Sandcastle, which I perused. And mm-hmm. it was interesting art, but not a very sensical story. I um, see. And uh, kind of like uncomfortable to read. Some like some of the art is well drawn, but like the things they're depicting are kind of uncomfortable to look at. Like there are a lot of explicit sexual things between characters that while they have aged up are still you know children yeah so it's kind of a little doesn't doesn't work in japan and it doesn't work here kids um so it has a 49 percent on rotten tomatoes 54 percent metacritic score six out of ten on imdb uh, 52% audience score, so it's pretty universally panned here. Um, and only 68% of Google users liked the movie. But, as we all know, professional critics can't be trusted. They're not real. They live their whole lives, and people don't even see them. <laughs> they don't even see themselves. Um... But people who do see themselves are IMDb user review submitters. So that's where you have to go to get the word on the street and find out what a movie's actually doing. Like uh, Christopher Polancopera. Polancopania. Christopher Polancopania. Polancopapataka. Uh, and his review of old 10 out of 10 M night is back. Everyone exclamation mark, just brilliant. Exclamation. Okay. 
So I never leave any reviews. We're going to quickly fact check that. All right. He's being truthful. Um, so I never leave any reviews. But felt compelled to do... Compelled, felt compelled due to the lower ratings. PPLY or PPL. Keep leaving on here. Ellipses. You are either all haters or just trolling. It's incredibly difficult to make a decent film. Okay, so this is M. Night Shyamalan's alternate account. Gotcha. Uh, incredibly difficult to make a decent film, let alone a good one. And this film certainly doesn't deserve its current low rating. It's got a 6 out of 10. It's not that low. This was a good film. It is, after all, a work of fiction. So you have to suspend disbelief. I don't know about you, but I go to the movies to be entertained, and this film did just that. It was beautifully shot, so kudos to the cinematographer. The acting was great. Loved the storyline. There were also bits of humor. I kept my interest throughout, and it was very suspenseful and highly entertaining. The movie is almost entirely shot on this remote beach, and you are drawn into the story and these characters. There was just the right amount of dialogue, and it felt re- I felt really invested in the storytelling and wanted to know how it would all end. Great <laughs> twist at the end, and true Shyamalan style. <laughs> Slowly just devolving the Rob Schneider voice. This is what makes good filmmaking. It's not special effects in a billion-dollar budget. It's good storytelling. M. Night hit it out of the park with this one. Borrowing on elements from Hitchcock and with masterful direction, he manages to make this sweet film. It was a real treat, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. If you're a fan of M. Night, I'm sure you will, too. That Three out of eight found that helpful. It really is his alt account. I was really expecting it to be like, they went to this secluded beach, and I took so long to get there. So, <laughs> Me and the crew, like he just slips, he just forgets that he's writing from his alt account. Yeah, I, I think I feel like the only thing that throws me off the scent of this possibly being an M Night alt account is that there's no <laughs> twist. Everything he writes has to have a twist. Uh, so, yeah, the uh, the one out of ten, or maybe the twist. Maybe the twist is he didn't reveal himself oh. as M Night. Maybe maybe it's a meta twist. <sighs> In the movie, he's like, go check my IMDb review. <laughs> I'm Paula. So there's a lot of um, Whatever this guy's a lot of titles is. in the one out of, one out of tens that are uh, play on the, the title, old. Um, so I will read one of those right now. There is a... Oh, I'm sure they had fun There is an that. essay, though. Interesting concept, but terrible execution. But I, I do not feel like reading Ted paragraphs and spoiling a movie... I don't want to spoil it for myself. Um, I might watch it. Oh no! I'll also try to not do any spoilers because we don't want to spoil that twist. Come on! This movie got old quickly. One out of ten. Well, actually, I kind of want to know what the twist is because I don't know how you really do the do a twist with sandcastles. Yeah, so I'm kind of interested to see what that is. You'll have to watch the movie to find out. Well, I ain't going to do that. I'm just going to bop over to the fucking spoiler reviews. Oh, come on. <laughs> Watching a review of a movie that you haven't seen yet? That's kind of that's kind of a sussy baka move. I need you to get out. It's kind of... <laughs> get out of here. Kind of a real sussy baka thing to do. Anyways, this movie got old really quickly by Akasilis86698. 
this was the first time I ever wanted to walk out of the movie theater. But the only thing stopping me was the fact I was with a group. What a twist. The acting and storyline were hysterical. Each member of the family had different accents. Wow, what a twist. The characters were incapable of making any emotional connection with the audience. And the big reveal at the end... And fell way short. What a twist. That's a big twist. I am curious to hear some of mid-sized sedan's tracks, though. What does that mean? I think that's the band. 77 out of 128 found that helpful. Mid-sized sedan's? Is that a... Check check it out. Uh, Meanwhile, I will read... um, well, that's what I think anyway. Uh, therefore, therefore, out of ten review of uh, of old, a sad missed opportunity for Shyamalan to shine again. Uh, and the first thing they give here is not just a star rating, but like a lot a time graph of their star rating. <laughs> star rating five monday night or saturday night four friday night three friday morning two sunday night one Sounds like monday revival, morning Peter, or arrival yeah <laughs> that's how i feel <laughs> um yes oh okay yeah mid-sized sedan it's a band it's a rapper we'll rapper to- mid-sized sedan <laughs> That's that's like a parody rapper name that I in like use. four years we're gonna have little mid sized sedan so just be ready for that little mid little mid sized sedan compact SUV <laughs> we're gonna have ambiguous size um, a group of high end holiday makers including teenagers Trent Alex Wolf and Maddox Thomas and Mackenzie uh, who have gone along with their parents Guy Gail Garcia Bernal. And Priska, Vicky Grapes, 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 uh, make their getaway to the exclusive resort where they hope to relax and unwind in the sparkling scenery. However, when they arrive on the beach with fellow guest Charles Rufus Sewell, a doctor, and his younger partner Crystal, Christel, Christler, Christler, Christler building, Abby Lee, Patricia, Nikki, Midsize Sedan, oh, sponsored by Chrysler. Wait, they have two characters in the name Priska and Patricia. I don't know about this movie already. Uh, Nikki, <laughs> uh, Nikki Amukabird and her husband, Jaren, Ken Lung, uh, and a few others. They mysteriously start to age and had better get to the bottom of it. There's a lot of ellipses. Um, by now, the name M. Night Shyamalan should really have served as a red alert to avoid at all costs after bursting onto the screen over 20 years with a, the jaw-dropping, highly original Sixth Sense. From 2002 onwards, his output his output took a steady decline in standards, to the point where each successive film became gradually more ridiculous and nonsensical, and eventually people just couldn't be bothered anymore. But something about old, his latest offering, showed a spark of promise that had been absent for a Split while. Was good. Um, which one? Split. Uh, okay. Um, but something about old, his latest offering, showed a spark of promise that had been absent for a while. Another high-concept production that had a spark of potential. You just said spark twice. Bad writing. Points deducted. Uh, but sadly squandered it. 
If I was sensing something that wasn't there, it seems the producers weren't, as the absence of any press screenings in itself should have sparked a red flag. But I gave it a go and built up some high expectations. I really tried to get into it, but a premise as far-fetched as this first needs to establish some connection with its characters to flesh them out a little and get under their skin. Kind of gross, but all right. Uh, Sadly, none of them come off as anything more than cardboard cutouts, who it's impossible to care anything for or care what happens to them. And with that massive barrier in place, the ensuing outlandish insanity of the story is further hampered in having any appeal. It would be nice one day for a director like Shyamalan, who is at least known for inspired and original ideas, to one day strike lucky again with another winner. But here's just hoping he manages to put it altogether right two stars ignore the star rating from before two stars and one out of one found it helpful well it certainly was informative and detailed all right we have km query of a 10 out of 10 review of old great movie for period ellipses everyone is tripping who are given bad reviews this is the best movie ever no but it's extremely entertaining People have become so demanding and unappreciative of fiction that they are so sensitive to a de-take things personally. Okay, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. From views I've read on here, that's a parenthetical. I am a huge M Night sh- M Night fan, and he did not dis- and this didn't disappoint. It's extremely thought-provoking and thrilling. It will keep your attention the entire time. It's definitely worth a watch, and will have you talking about it hours after the end. I just love movies like this where you're trying to figure out what the hell's going on. 3 out of 8 found that helpful. Yeah. <laughs> People take this personally. They, they're taking it personally up in the tens. I mean, he's got fans, I guess. Like, he's got a legion of, of defenders here. It's his um, hunky modeling photos. God, it's <laughs> what else hmm. you got down the dregs, Jake? There's too many to pick from. Too many good ones to pick from. So, I, I just love some of these. Uh, gets old real quick. Uh, older but not wiser. Awful. <laughs> um, people are people are ripping. Okay, I, I found out what the twist was, and yikes! <laughs> All right, well, we'll finish our reviews, and then Kirk can spoil uh, uh, old. I don't know. I kind of. I don't. I read the one out of one out of tens, and a lot of times they're either racist or like, not like super good reasons to be one out of tens. So I wonder if it like is actually this bad. Um, I mean, I, I don't having think read it's... the graphic novel, um, or at least perused it. I didn't read it like very thoroughly. It's kind of, it's kind of like trying to make social commentary out of something that really isn't built for that so mm-hmm. i think um i think the one i'm gonna pick uh is gonna be i was gonna do older but not wiser but that had a weird word in it and i don't like it and at the risk of like saying something offensive to people i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna read it <laughs> i would never want to do that I, pr- I appreciate <laughs> one star is too generous by Y-V-Q-K-Y-B-D. I have never walked out <laughs> of a God. film until this one. Dot, dot, dot. 
shambolic, to say the very least, excruciating exposition from the cast who seemed unable to act their way out of a paper bag, never mind the beach. The more it went on, the more I wondered if the 12 rating was more indicative of the IQ he perceived his audience to have, dot dot dot. I got to 50 minutes, then left, before I got even more angrier at the wondering if it's the rock after the nonsense that was the melon removal. Quote, re- melon, melon removal. removal. Uh, decapitation, To think this came from the mind that gave us six cents and unbreakable, dot, dot, dot. I have no idea what was in his mind in the writing, filming, and editing of this mess. Seven out of nine found that helpful. I think everyone has been saying, how could this come from the mind who gave us Sixth Sense and Unbreakable since, like, signs came out? (laughs) It's almost like he just Um, had a couple good movies and, like, that's it. He's actually not all that great. Well, again, Split was pretty good. Yeah, Split was uh, terrible. As echoed here in eight five one two two twos, five out of ten review. Disappointing. <laughs> Greetings from Lithuania, <laughs> not from the darkness. I, like, I will not do. I will not half. do my uh, Anton Yelchin impression. Please <laughs> don't. <laughs> Old twenty twenty one had a good premise, and its concept was also pretty interesting. Like. First, like, 30 minutes were interesting and involving, and I got one or two pretty good scenes near the end on the beach. No spoilers. Other than that, Old is nothing but a poorly written, sometimes laughably acted because of the bizarre and poor writing, and sadly not very well directed film. On paper, I guess it sounded way better, but a, but it's unfortunately M. Night Shyamalan's job as director <laughs> and, that, and writer that failed. Overall, I secretly hoped that this might be a good movie done by this once legendary director. His split was pretty good one, but other than that, he did not make a good movie since then, I guess, his signs in 2002. Almost 20 years. It's a bit of a miracle this creator still gets to make movies, but I guess as long as they're <laughs> profitable, that's all that matters. Unfortunately, old is not the case in terms of good film. It's not the worst M. Night Shyamalan has ever done, but sadly, that is the best I can say about it. One out of one. That's that's it. Pretty pretty yeah. cogent, if I may say so myself. Yeah. Um. So now, it up. now, Kurt, spoil this movie for us. So apparently, uh, they're all brought there by a pharmaceutical company that's okay. trying to elicit uh, a lifetime of drug trials in a short period of time. Oh, so that's stupid. The, drinks they're given at the beginning contain experimental drugs and they all have medical conditions that's how they're selected for the vacation in the first place mm-hmm. that's... so i guess it's like a commentary on pharmaceutical companies not having morals what the fuck <laughs> and this <laughs> it's so stupid have my channel and that's so stupid yeah, i also watch it there's also like uh, I guess the beach works with electrical electromagnetic material surrounding it that causes cells to age incredibly quickly, a rate of around a year every half an hour. If I remember correctly, in sand castles, it's just like a weird vortex around the beach. Probably mm-hmm. would have been better. Uh, which I, I don't know. I guess that's a better idea. Than... 
than that. It's the electromagnetic. I mean, rays. it doesn't make any sense. Electromagnetic particles would not increase aging. Yeah. Cells in that cells way. aging just means that you die really quick. You don't turn old first. Yeah. Oy vey. Um, well, that's, that's another thing. feather in the cap of Night <laughs> Shyamalan. Call him Yankee oh, Doodle. Oh no. Yeah. Calling it macaroni. Call him macaroni. No. Um. Snake Eyes again opened in uh, second thirteen. $0.367 million. Black Widow slides to third. Scarlett Johansson suing yeah, Disney. Yeah, fuck yeah. Actually, it's uh, not only Scarlett Johansson. Uh, now Emma Stone's going to hop on that train. Um, it is also getting... Who else is doing it? Um, there was another actress, I think, who was uh, thinking about suing uh, due to a dual release. I don't really think they have any grounds for a lawsuit. I think they do. Um, Because a lot of these contracts were made up before COVID. And if they said that, like, okay, this is just going to be, like, a theatrical release only, um, and they try to renegotiate and Disney just, like, gave them the cold shoulder, then, like... I don't think there's any language in the contract about the release. Huh? That's not typically standard. About what? About the release. I don't think that's typically standard. I don't think they really have any grounds for a lawsuit. So they, they can, do. This, Disney has the rights to distribute They do because they also had fit. Warner Brothers that had to do a big payout to. They'll probably settle out of court. Um, but like Warner Brothers had to pay a bunch of their actors. Uh, I think they paid them like in excess of like $200 million um, because all their movies had, you know, dual releases or, or some portion of releases. Um, and if they can like prove the point that Black Widow should have made, um, you know, fifty million. If Scarlett Joe should have made fifty million more, uh, because of and uh, you know because it was made on Disney Plus instead of the uh, theaters, then she could be entitled to something. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, well, a lot of other people are trying. Here's to the other thing about this a lot. A lot of things about, like, I don't think it's Meritus' lawsuit personally. I'm not a judge, though, so it's not really, my opinion doesn't really matter. Because if they were smart, when they negotiated, they would have negotiated for a percentage of the gross, right? So gross profit would include sales on Disney Plus Premier Access. The argument they're trying to make is that the movie would have made a lot more money if it was only available in theaters. But here's the thing. We're still in a fucking pandemic, so not everyone's comfortable going to a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Like, was if it, I were Disney, yeah. I'd be filing a motion to dismiss. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, this is my first thought on this is that this is certainly an argument that needs to happen. I think this needs to be it's one of those things that better that it's proven out in court. So we have some precedent either way, because either way you go, it'll at least let the people writing the contracts and negotiating the contracts have a better grounds to, to work from. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess my only question on this is, um, in 2019 when they or when they were negotiating for the black widow movie um was disney plus up and running did they have their um distribution set out were they 
set were they planning to already release it on and, uh, on streaming and, and that's that's um, the other thing i would think and not. that's the other thing is that i think that the uh uh so scarjo's um attorneys were or her agent was trying to verify that hey you have this streaming service coming out can you assure us that you're not going to put do this like simultaneous release like can you tell us that it's going to be in theaters first and then you know eventually come out to disney plus um and they just i think gave him the cold shoulder and then when they found out about the dual release which was like kind of i guess last second to them when they tried to renegotiate and say hey look you know we're gonna lose a lot of money based off this dual release let's renegotiate so it can you know get back to this like we can we can get uh you know our just you know what we deserve out of this and i think they just never contacted them I so mean, i've read what her base compensation was i think she got more than what she did oh she got a good amount i'm not saying that she didn't like she got a decent size but you know if so you got a lot Disney less Plus than... launched november 2019 and black widow was supposed to come out when april 2020 uh i'm not sure the original i thought it was supposed to come out i don't yeah. Yeah, that April sounds I mean it sounds around that time cuz it was about to come out and then it got pushed way back. Yeah, let me look at its original Ridge No. Well, typically in any line of work, you're not entitled to renegotiate your contract after it's been signed. But <laughs> I no, I don't think that well just like how this is uh, you know, different circumstances, special circumstances with COVID. It's like, how are these actors supposed to get compensated for the movies that they were coming out? Like, this is a whole HBO issue, is that these movies, like King mm. Kong, that, well, and King Kong is a bad example, because I think that was, like, one of the first ones that did break back into the movies. But, you know, how many right. movies did we see that were just HBO releases, and the movies were barely open at the time? It's that kind of oh, thing. Jerry. Like, these people are not getting a theatrical release. HBO is just saying, we're just going to release them like online. How are they supposed to mm. get their compensation? Yeah. And if well, it's it, not like they're, they're waiters where they're paid entirely on. That's not the point. A percentage. Well, it is a point because well, they, if it's an argument of compensation, then well, sometimes they are. They're being compensated. Like, like Scarlett Johansson's <laughs> contract said that she was going to get a percentage of whatever the box office got. Like she, like it, it was based off theatrical releases. That's what her compensation was based off of. And then they said, <laughs> "Yeah, if I was if I was prosecuting this case, if I was on on the side of the the plaintiff, um, I would say that." Um, I would make the argument that the, like you said, you can't renegotiate the a contract once it's been settled. Um, but I would think that an exception would be that if the circumstances, okay, May twenty twenty. All right, that's what I was trying um, to find. If the circumstances of the under the context of the original contract has changed, you, I feel like you would have grounds to argue that it would be well, nullified or grounds to be renegotiated. That- Disney acted in good faith because they delayed it to have a theatrical release. They could have just released it exclusively on Disney Plus Premier Access during the pandemic like they did with fucking Mulan. 
mm-hmm. and she would have made even less money. Yeah, but so, then like, she still would I mean, have I'm sued. Not siding I mean, with the giant. It's not like she wouldn't have sued. That, that well, would yeah, even give her even more grounds. Sue, you can sue anyone for any time well, for anything know, at any that just, time. That's how the that system literally works. Just makes her case I'm saying it's not a very meritorious lawsuit. That, I don't think she has a strong case. That's just making her I mean, case stronger. I mean, they'll probably settle if, out of court. If movie theaters aren't open, if you're if you're one way of like making money out of this deal is not available, and the company releases that. Uh, just so they would make, but more they money. didn't, Jake. That's the thing. They they pushed I it back so it could that, have a but theatrical they still release. made it a simultaneous release to the point where people got the opportunity to watch it at home as well as in the movie theaters. You're assuming that had it not been a simultaneous release, that these people would have gone to the movie theater. That is not an assumption you can make. Well, that they're going to have to make that in the pandemic. They're going to have to make that in court, and it's a pretty easy argument to make in court. It's a I don't think she has a lot of ground here. Okay. Like I said before, um, this, uh, I, whatever, it doesn't really impact me. Um, no, I don't, but this I don't is, have a dog in the fight. I just think it's kind of well, ridiculous. It, a, like, lot of, a lot of other actors are doing it. So, like, this is, you know, grounds for a lot of, and this is going to be this, like, like the original, like, I mean, yeah, a legal it's like um, digital likenesses. Here. It's like digital likenesses of deceased actors. That's what this kind of feels like to me. It's a weird nebulous case in the movie industry that needs to be that someone needs to bring up and get yeah, a I mean, get a fucking like, ruling down on it. This is obviously like it's going to be a ruling one way or another. I'm interested to see how they rule. But unless they settle out of court, not though, like these people are getting. I mean, they'll probably suck, settle out because like this is going to continuously come up because I I'm pretty sure it's because ScarJo is not the only one who's going to do it. Emma Stone's going to do it for Cruella. And I think one of the other actresses is doing it for one that came out a little while ago, actually, like during more of the height of the pandemic. Um, and Tom Holland and uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch are probably going to do the same thing. They're going to sue because they're probably their original contracts don't have a clause in there for Disney Plus releases or getting a portion of that. The only and I guess the worst part of that for me is that like with with a settlement out-of-court settlement, there's probably going to be uh, non-disclosure stuff yeah. going on with it. Because yeah, if I'm it was sure public, be then the people, next time you negotiate a contract, you can be like, oh yeah, remember when this whole fucking legal thing went down and what the value of that was? Let's let's consider that while we're typing up this next My one. guess... See, I don't... Th- like, unless they were... Unless they have really bad agents, they should have negotiated for a percentage of gross profit, which would have included... Disney Plus premiere access revenue. It well, mm-hmm. unless if, if you're gonna if they're gonna be pissy because you think that 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 hurt the overall gross profit that people could, you know, maybe buy they don't do that. One maybe Disney doesn't do their contracts like that, and it specifically outlines each thing that they get. So like, if it outlines, okay, here's your box office, here's um, toys, here's you know whatever else can the movie makes money off of. And then, you know, it doesn't include Disney Plus, then they don't get that. Like, if it stipulates each individual asset that you'll receive. Right. Well, if they got to have that line the, item for actual Black yeah, Widow you, spider sales. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she can get, you can get a percentage of all arachnid sold. That's what I mean. So, like, if this, yeah, if it's not including Disney Plus, then, you know, it didn't exist when they were doing the contract or they didn't think this was going to happen. Um, I, I'm sure a lot of more information is going to come out, like if if they do end up taking it to court, 
uh, and they reveal more information about it. But I can see this settling out of court, just paying her what she's demanding or whatever, or a portion of what she's demanding. Well, they'll, they'll, reach, they'll reach a settlement before it goes to court, probably, because mm-hmm. court fees are really expensive, and yeah. both sides probably don't want to pay yeah. for them. Um, and then also, they're probably going to renegotiate the contracts for Tom Holland and Ben the Cumberbatch before they come out, because then they're just going to do the same exact thing. Well, like like I've been saying, is that it's been standard for a while to negotiate based on gross profit of the movie. Like Alec Guinness got whatever percent of the gross profit for Star Wars, and his estate is still making money off of it because A New Hope is still being monetized. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's the framework that every actor uses now <laughs> because made him a lot of fucking money and if disney doesn't do that then you shouldn't do business with disney yeah like i mean you're you're an independent contractor you can work with who you want it's not like she made no money off of this i mean it's it's millionaires arguing with billionaires i I don't really have sympathy for anyone understand that but that's not the point is just to say oh you have enough money it's like if if somebody well, still no, stole the point ten million dollars from you, you agree to terms of a contract from you. The, and if you think no, that the, you've the been wrong, then... if you agree to the terms of a contract, then you honor that contract. Like you, she's entitled to sue. Yeah. I don't think that she really has any a lot of merit for the suit, but maybe the court. Well, disagrees. I don't know. We'll it, I mean, also it's saying Disney's saying that this has no merit, and they're saying that. You know, this is completely bad fate. So maybe they will let it go to court. Think they'll win. I, I don't know. We'll see. But <laughs> we'll have to see. And but anyway, we're probably not going to find out any results of this for years. For years. Like, <laughs> these things take a long time, especially if it does go to trial. It can take like five years to litigate. Yeah. So we'll right we'll around play time the for Black game. Widow two to come out. Yeah, they'll do the second. They're gonna fit that one in the timeline. <laughs> it'll be uh, it'll be during the the original Black Widow movie. It'll be a, a midquel within a midquel. <laughs> yeah, the, they'll like do the whole movie of like the plan that yeah. they formulated. <laughs> oh, Emily Blunt is the uh, other one who's gonna who might end up suing for uh, okay. Jungle Cruise. That literally oh, just right. came out, so I don't know. Yeah. And they might all have a similar kind of thing. Uh, but I guess they, they there are a lot of things that have been citing the Warner Media and Warner Brothers, um, uh, you know, paying out like two hundred million to pay all the talent for the movies that came out on HBO Max. So they're gonna try to try to get that. Yeah, that one's a little bit I can see I can see having a bigger problem if HBO Max releases if you're an actor and you're negotiating the on the percentage of the gross because that's there's no additional fee on top of that. Mm-hmm. It's just if you are subscribed to HBO Max, you get this. Mm-hmm. With Premier Access, there's an additional fee. So if you're if you were wise to negotiate based on a percentage of the gross, you should be getting a cut of that. Now, if that's being withheld from them, that's a different matter entirely. Um, but we don't really have a lot of details of the suit because it's not a matter of public record at the time. At this time, um, Space Jam: A New Regu- New Legacy has a precipitous drop. Almost well, yeah. What was that you sent to us? 
Um, it was like almost 70% of its gross down week over week. Um, no tail, kids. I mean, yeah, Space Jam right now is down another 69%. And nice. La- oh, well, last week was uh, the opening week, so. Yeah, so, like, I mean, I'm sure it's down even more this weekend because this is based on last week. This is July 23rd um, through the 25th. No, nothing's out um, But, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's got to be rough. To, we have to wait for it. It's, yeah, like, we, we called it because when we watched Space Jam, we're like, this is fucking terrible. There's no way anyone's going to see this twice or recommend this to a friend. Like, once once the reviews came out for this, it was, it was sunk. So, I don't... I got to imagine this cost... Oh, it made a ton of money overseas. Holy shit. It's because it's made famous American sportsman and Warner Brother property. I can believe that. Yeah. Let me let me see how much the budget was for this. They also probably spent a ton, $150 million budget. So it's made $187 million internationally, but I'm sure they spent a ton of money on advertising. Yeah, well, that's cra- Why is it so good internationally, though? It's insane. I, I guess because like basketball is really big in China, mm-hmm. and LeBron James is the most famous basketball player. Big Chungus is right huge now. in China. Looney Tunes China. is so is one of those pan global icons like Hello Kitty, where it's if for us in America. We're like, oh, it's the Hello Kitty. And you go, what is Hello Kitty? And you're like, I don't know. It's it's fucking stickers and backpacks and shit. But it's Hello Kitty. And I feel like in Japan, there's they actually know what Hello Kitty is. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is either. I don't even know if it is like anything beyond just... Like a mascot marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like that's a, like... A, a, that's how Looney Tunes and Marvel... And not Star Wars <laughs> is is market over there. I, I remember hearing a lot of articles that like Star Wars was very hard to market overseas. At, at least in Asia, I think. I mean it's very popular mm-hmm. in Europe. Yes. Um But yeah, I could see it being difficult in Asia because it's it's built on a lot of Western mythos. Mm-hmm. Like it, it borrows a lot from you know, fables, and you you show it in China, and, and they're like, "This is the lamest wuxia I've ever seen." Where's the wire fighting? This sucks. Yeah. Um, Escape Room. Oh, I'm sorry, F9, the Fast Saga. Uh, by the way, Dwayne Johnson says he's out of the Fast franchise, so we will not get thrice in a lifetime. There will be no, no. on-screen uh, battle between John Cena and The Rock, at least not in F9. Not so, <laughs> or the Fast and the Maybe Furious. Maybe they'll bring so we'll uh, John Cena into uh, Jungle Cruise. He'll be the villain in Jungle Cruise. That's all. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait for. It, it might be a Disney property, or or you know what it could be? Could be, <laughs> could be whatever DC fucking oh, coalescence no. movie they shit out, where Peacemaker just gets destroyed by Black oh, Adam in three seconds. I, I pay. Good fucking money for that. It'll be like oh. in John Wick 2, where Ruby Rose gets killed in like two seconds after being portrayed as this badass for the entire movie. I have to look That up. was a very cathartic scene for me. <laughs> yes. I do not like Ruby Rose. 
I need to check on something quick. HBO Max. Uh, escape Room Tournament of Champions down 60%. $3.5 million. I mean... Not our boy! I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure it's made its money back. <laughs> Three times over, probably. <laughs> yeah, 26 mil. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those movies where you see it once. Like... Horror movies don't typically have a long tail to them because you're less likely to see it again. Oh, it did have a budget of fifteen million. Yep. Did wow. fucking handshake. That's, that's ex- next Friday. It's expensive for a horror movie. I've seen them for like six million. But then you have on the other end of the spectrum, Boo Two and Medea Halloween, costing twenty five million dollars to make. The most expensive horror movie ever. What is Boo a Medea? <laughs> um, <laughs> Boss Baby, Family Business. That, that was one that debuted on Peacock, so I wonder how that profit splitting works. Um, is Alec Baldwin going to sue? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, he knew about Peacock. He made sure he got that Peacock good money. He's probably like, I got paid a shit ton of money to say four lines of. I worked three hours in a booth. He, and got he literally got peacocks out of the deal. He was paid in peacocks. <laughs> that was his deal. Peacocks. It's like Alec Baldwin that one episode of Thirty Rock. As an aside. Oh yeah, with uh, Gus Kohai and Senpai. Yeah. Um, peacock is like the worst streaming service in terms of like live. Content. I've barely used oh. it. I've... Spe- specifically, specifically like WWE pay per views. I've had so many issues streaming those. Whereas mm-hmm. when it was the WWE Network, I had none. It's That's what they do. Frustrating. They have enough money to buy the network, but not enough to replicate their level of service. I would have thought they spent it all on buying them. Better because it was, you know, like a. An established streaming service for like a major television network, you'd think that it would be okay in terms of infrastructure and not the fucking rinky dink WWE network, which was not good. Let me let me clarify the WWE network was pretty shit streaming service, mm-hmm. but Peacock makes it look pretty fucking good. Holy shit, Peacock just added the sixth sense and signs. Good, Ooh, great, nice great. Six Sense is good. Signs, I fell asleep. I think I fell asleep the, too. Through it, not gonna lie. It was the second. It was the second movie. It's a slow build. It was the second movie at the drive-in. I was like six or seven, so it's probably a good thing I fell asleep because I feel like that movie would have messed me up as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, I had already seen The Sixth Sense around that age, so probably wouldn't have done any more damage than that did. Man, Peacock is full of movies that just like. Oh yeah, this was good when it came out, and just like I never want to watch it ever again. <laughs> yep, it's the it's a classic network TV uh, movie license. Here, well, here's your Sunday NBC flicks. Universal, there's 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 got to be because Universal's made some pretty classic movies, so they gotta mm-hmm. be got to be got Paddington somewhere. in it. Got Paddington in it. Oh, there there you go. Best streaming service Best streaming confirmed, hundred percent. Um. The Forever Purge is down 42%, $2.37 million. A Quiet Place Part 2 down 462 That's in its ninth week. Mm-hmm. $1.2 million, still in the top 10. Uh, Roadrunner, a film about Anthony 
I didn't realize that that was the subtitle. I thought people just knew it was Roadrunner and that it was a movie about Anthony Bourdain. But just just to be certain that you know going in what this movie is, we told you what it's about in the title. I literally would not have known that Roadrunner was a, an Anthony Bourdain movie. I mean, based on the title Roadrunner, no, but based on like a trailer of seeing it. I've, I've never seen a trailer yeah. about it. Not even once in my life. Even if we watched it, never seen it. It's like Hotel Artemis. Like Hotel Artemis. Yeah. That hasn't come out yet, but it's got a good cast. Um, that rounds out the top 10. Joe Bell, an 11th opening mm-hmm. there. Story of a small town working class father who embarks on a solo walk across the U.S. to crusade against bullying after his son is tormented in high school for being gay. Who is he? Like a fucking gay Forrest Gump? I don't think he's gay. I think no, his son is no, gay. No, if he's walking across country, that's pretty gay. But Forrest Gump was like Terry Fox, the Canadian hero. Fucking, if you don't know who Terry Fox is in Canada, you you get deported. <laughs> um, I, I do want to make I do want to make one cinnamon note that I believe there was a cinnamon note um, or cinnamon note. Uh, Did you say cinnamon? Cinnamon note. Uh, mm. c- cinema. Notes of cinnamon? Um, hmm. It's like Christmas. Yes. Uh, da, 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 da. Right. Yes, the there was... Um, sorry. I, the the note right. was that there was... Um, I feel like we can't mention the Forever Purge this week without mentioning the mass shooting that happened. Oh, at, shit. At a screening of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I did not know yeah. about well, that. Yeah, well, it was just two people who got shot. That's not mass, right? Okay. Um, I don't know what I think the legal then we'll call it a shooting. Four. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that was pretty. The guy has up. been charged. What did they find he him? Got, he got murdered. Yes. Uh, y- real quick. Oh, good. <laughs> um, they found they found the gun at his house. Did did not the man who did it, who I will not name, not out of protection, but out of uh, wishing you don't to want to make him a nihilistic yeah. anti-hero. Yes, that's that's the correct way to do it. Media. Yep. Murder. Yeah. Um, Scumfuck McGee. Uh, I guess he he got arrested on on Tuesday. One he, they, he lasted one day after the shooting. Um, and where is the? Was it in? Wait, was this in a town called Corona? Oh yeah! Fuck? Oh, inside a Corona movie theater. Yeah, that's fucked. Um. Yeah. So. Dickhead McGee was charged with murder and attempted murder in the July sixth shooting, according to the news release in Riverside. Because there was he just like went Riverside, in there, okay. shot two people, and left them. And like the guy cleaning the movie theater found them. And one was pronounced dead of the sea, and the other one went to uh, ICU. Yeah. What What a criminal. What a murderer. Um, Two million bail. Sounds about right. Yeah. If if anyone posts bail for this guy, shoot them. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) On their way out of the courthouse. Um, Yeah. There's no place in society for that shit. Glad right. I, I think it was unprovoked too. Like I, I'm 
Yes. I'm trying to look. I for... feel like he was just like forever. I'm trying to look for It's well. bad that it happened at the Forever Purge screening. Yeah, that's fucked. All right, all right, Blumhouse. The joke. It was fun while it lasted. The joke's over. Stop. Stop. I mean, it's it's just like the dude in the fucking Aurora shooting. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Um, I think you were talking about Ryan the Last Dragon. Is that still out in theaters? Still in theaters. Twenty one weeks. Um, excuse $29, me. Twenty nine thousand dollars. We can't we can't just skip over this gem that apparently is just popping up on our radar now. Weathering. <laughs> yes. Is it weather weathering with you? I've heard of this. Eighty weeks. Talk about the trailer. A high school boy who has run away to Tokyo friends a girl who appears able to manipulate. Oh the weather. yes, this is that anime movie. Well, it's made a hundred ninety three yeah. million worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> Let me. So I, I I assume that this is just a recent domestic opening. It must be. Yeah. I have to. Yeah, and the 80 was, weeks is from international theaters because I there's. I don't know how I how Box Office Mojo pulls its shit. You yeah. Know, sometimes because like there, there's movies that are in the box office one week, especially during the pandemic. It was fucking. Yeah. This dealer's is, choice. Yeah. <laughs> this is the 2019 trailer that I just sent over to you guys. Did you send this over a long well, time ago? I think so. Probably. This seems a little familiar. I remember But those. all weeb shit looks the same to me. All oh, weeb shit looks <laughs> That's racist, dude. Against weebs. Both weebs. <laughs> uh, there's a lot to talk about in the box office mojo, though, because number 23, Cat Video Fest 2021 open. Oh, hold on. What, what is this? Cat Video Fest 20, 38 theaters. I guess this is a festival now. There's a film festival for cat videos. Congratulations. We have strayed furthest from God. There's a trailer we, this for is, it. <laughs> we are truly in the last days of Sodom. <laughs> Dude, I fucking can't. I want to go watch this in the movie theater right now. Oh my God. All right, I'm going to turn my audio on here. It's there's no cat audio. I, it's just piano. That's so, so I'm confused. Is it just, just the cat videos or is it the movie of the people watching cat videos in the old timey theater? Don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what the the framing device of this is. It just says it just says cat video fest. All one word. Is a compilation the movies. of the latest and best cat videos culled from countless hours of unique submissions and sourced animations, music videos, and of course, classic internet powerhouses. Okay, uh, so cat video fest. <laughs> yeah, they just browse the front page of awe. <laughs> if it doesn't have the uh, the blinding lights cat, then it's it's not worth yeah, seeing. Yeah, true. Facts. Mm-hmm. That's that's Jake's ringtone. <laughs> wait, ringtone wait, this... for everyone. <laughs> This gets better. This description of the tra- on the trailer gets better. Because uh, I've never seen this for a movie ever. First of all, it says the, dur- the duration, 70 minutes, fine. Um, playing at the Cine Lounge Sunset Indoor Theater starting July 23rd. For tickets, please visit our site. For popcorn, visit our online store. We ship all over the U.S. So you can order their popcorn. Oh, you can for- order their movie theater popcorn. 
for yes. yourself. And they list the two, count them, two Cine Lounge locations. One at 6464 Sunset Boulevard uh, and one at 1625 North Las Palmas. Also Cali. Both in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, So so I went to catvideofest.com. And where to watch, you can put in your address and find a screening. There's one... Right in the middle of Baltimore, the Charles now playing. Buy tickets. How much? How much? Are no. All right. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, if and I found their pop. Their I guess it's Arena Screen Popcorn, which is now. I don't want to put it in the same category as Pipeline Pizza, Pizza Pipeline. Sorry, Pizza Pipeline. But it is. It's sticks. flavored popcorn. So I'm looking at. If you're if you're on the east east coast, the north like if you're above the Mason Dixon line, you've got on the east coast, you've got a lot of options. Uh if you're in the Midwest, you're fucked. <laughs> There's one fucking theater in Florida showing it, apparently. <laughs> a little south of Palm Beach. A little north of South Palm Beach. <laughs> I see. Um here, let me, can I put in a zip code? My zip code is redacted, redacted, redacted. Find the so I'm looking at location. the selection at the Cine Lounge currently. There are four, four screens. Um, they've got Mondo Hollywood Land, um, The Green Knight, which is their, block, their blockbuster, uh, Electric Jesus. Cine Lounge presents Electric Jesus, and I am I am confused about the distribution of this movie. So there are, there are no theaters in all of New Jersey showing this movie. However, just west of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, there is a theater showing this movie. Uh, of course, there's one in New York City, but but just one. You have to go all the way to Brooklyn. To see Cat Fest. I so I don't Cat Lowe's that, Fest. That website yeah, yeah, lied to yeah. me. I don't think it's it's showing at that. Uh, There's that the Cine Lounge Film Fest. August well, well, 5th you have 8th. to look at when it opens because it doesn't open in the Alamo, Brooklyn, until August 27th. Oh. We're going to give you all... This is what this channel is now. We're just going to give you the deets on Cat Fest 2021. Cat Watch. Cat Watch. Welcome to Cat Watch. Um, oh, Peter, it looks like it's going to open in the Crandall Theater in, in Catham, New York. Oh, Chatham. August 7th. Oh, nice. Chatham, yeah. Well, this is now playing. A little south of you. It's weird. The Civic Capital in Rome, New York, opening August 6th. Oh, right at the tip of the... Oh, Ithaca, of course. Of is it, course is it at Cinemopolis? It, I bet it you is it's at Cinemopolis. Cin- God damn it. <laughs> I love Cinemopolis. They're so good. That's what I That's that's what I get my parents for their anniversary. Like, I don't get them any... Fa- I was like, here's a gift card to Cinemopolis. You guys can watch all the independent theater you want. Yeah, uh... Pretty sparse. I might, I might, when I go back to Ithaca, 
<laughs> Next time I see my folks, I'll be like, can I go see Cat Fest at Cinemopolis? <laughs> this is amazing. Wow. Yeah. This is it. Wow, we went down this rabbit hole here. This is the uh, the peak. This... Nothing in Colorado. Nothing in Wyoming. Peak uh, On the border. Uh, right on the border of Nebraska and Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> and Omaha. Uh, the Dundee Theater. Of course it'd be in Omaha. Uh, West Acres and Fargo. North. I didn't realize Fargo, North Dakota was like right on the fucking border with Minnesota. Mm. Interesting. I'm learning more about geography than I did during the election. I learned a lot about geography during the election. <laughs> I know where Maricopa County is. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know how big certain counties are in states that I never care about until, you know, every four I know years. Where, I know where Clark County in Nevada is. <laughs> Over Cobb County in Georgia. Uh, what's the What's the one in? Is it uh, Dame County? Dade. Uh, Dade County. Yeah, Dade County. Dade yeah. County for Florida is a big one that comes in usually. That's when Miami's all gets thrown into the mix. All right. So on to let's talk some gaming news now. Get off cats. Get onto to computers. Um, Steam Deck plays everything they've thrown at it according to valve so long as you're okay with 720p and 30 frames per second i should fucking hope so that your 500 dollar steam deck can play games at 720p 30 frames and also we're not we're just to be clear we're not okay with 720 and 30 fps we would like more yes that's what i get on my switch I, I would I would hope you can do a little bit better than that, especially for the premium you are charging for the Steam Deck. Yep. Do better, Valve. Um, I mean, the screen is limited to 720p, so I can be like, okay, sure, whatever. But I would like to see a little more than 30 FPS. Uh, yeah. I, I'm assuming that's more in, like, brand new 2021 titles, like... Uh, RE8, and uh, I don't play a lot of AAA games anymore. <laughs> what's out this year? Um, um, shit, what's a new, like... I don't know. Guilty Gear Strive. Uh, Cruelty Squad. Don't don't play Guilty Gear on your Steam Deck. That <laughs> doesn't seem like it'd be, be very good. Um, yeah, I'm, like, so out of, like, the big releases... Okay, I got you. Avengers. Um, That's a triple-A game, right? This is the game that I recommend we play next on on the cast. Cruelty Squad. Currently Squad. Currently Squad. Is this like fucking Bravely Default? Yes. Exactly like that. Oh, New World. I wonder if it can play New World or if it'll brick the GPU. Yeah, that's that's a weird thing. So um, we're kind of late to this as a PSA, but if you're su- if you only get your tech news from us and have been waiting to try out New World and you have an EVGA uh, RTX 3090, uh, don't because there's some weird spaghetti code in that that causes your GPU to try to ramp its fans up to twenty thousand RPMs, which will fry a chip on it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
Especially when 3090s are kind of spicy right now. They're they're hot. They're in short supply. Hot to trot. <laughs> Meanwhile, my friend has uh, two of them and a 3080 Ti that he's just like sitting on. And I'm like, you got I a mean, problem. First of all, why would you buy a 3080 Ti? Oh, oh, he buys everything. He just buys everything. He bought them for like double MSRP because he's just got money to burn. <laughs> Fuck. Good problem to have, I guess. This uh, is, this is who's screwing our economy. Is like the worst value ever. <laughs> it's it's like five. It's it's seventy percent more expensive than a 3080 for less than ten percent extra performance. I think he was just looking for cards, to be honest. And. I mean, unless you're doing, uh, like, if you just want the best, yeah, buy a 3090. But uh, if you're reasonable, um, you don't need a 3090. Nothing, nothing this guy does doing, is reasonable. Like, so it fits his unless MO. you, uh, you're like a soft, a game developer or or a Hope. digital artist who needs the 24 gigabytes of VRAM. There's no reason to buy a 3090. Or if you're like the one dude who wants to play in like 16K. <laughs> yeah, fuck 8K. Um, 16K. I already opened that. Uh, so Halo Infinite has a, has a tech test coming out. And uh, players are already mine, data mining story beats that 343 unintentionally. Yeah. I'm using air quotes for those of you who can't see this, which is everyone listening. Um, uh, included it in the tech test. So uh, get ready to dodge spoilers like Bill Cosby dodges whatever the fuck he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> dodging allegations left and right. <laughs> dodging, yeah, dodging, dodging jail time. Dodging, dodging jail time. about the same sentencing. Um... Uh, let's see. They didn't include them in the article. Okay, but they're out there. If you want, to, if you want to know Halo Infinite story, gee, I wonder if it has anything to do with the Master Chief and Cortana. It's got Master Chef and evil. Cortana. Two buddies, um, two pals. Campaign files were quote unquote unintentionally included in the bill and went out to players, and he asked those who have seen them not to spoil the game oh for God. others. Wasn't that like when the, the fucking the the script for um was it was it Star Wars eight or nine it was like oh we found it in the in his hotel room and he totally the total completed script I accidentally left it in my hotel room and the cleaner found wasn't it wasn't that the um I don't remember what that was which was Star, Star Wars, Wars was that that was uh I would assume like... eight because because the one for nine the remember the thing I remember at nine as far as scripts go is they found the original like before they they told JJ to make Star Wars oh yes nine, they yep. found the original draft of that script I think it was the actor was... who played Finn who left it in his hotel room and uh, John Boyega it. yeah John Boyega boy found it he's a pretty troubled man. <laughs> Like I, I, I've only heard, like, I haven't really looked into any of these, but I, I just keep seeing articles that say he's, like, walked off of set and other things that he make was, me think he's kind of difficult to work with. Yeah. I think he was just did not want to be on Star Wars anymore. He's like, mm, fucking. Like, I remember he was literally in an, in an interview who was like, don't Disney plus me. I ain't going to get yeah, Disney plus. 
like, sure, walk away from all that money. You, you do you. <laughs> Maybe he thinks he's like too good for it or something. Maybe. I mean, they just doesn't want to do it. Ever since the original trilogy, I think this, that's kind of why Star Wars movies have gone into decline is that they haven't, like, you had the original trilogy, right? And that was, like, the big break for a lot of these actors. Harrison Ford had done some stuff beforehand, but for the most part, and, you know, David Prowse had been in Clockwork Orange. Um, For the most part, these were new actors on the scene or relative unknowns. And, you know, that was their big breakout, so they they gave it their all. Um, And it was a huge success. And then when they come back and do the prequels, instead of getting people who are really passionate about Star Wars and would give it their all, they got, like, big-name actors, like mm-hmm. Liam Neeson, who wanted to be anywhere else but on set for Star And Ewan McGregor, who did a good job, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, he had celebrity from being in train spotting and stuff like that. He wasn't, like, an unknown who was really going to work hard to give it his big break. And then you, you cast Hayden gets... Christensen as mm-hmm. the most important character and you're yep, you had Sam Jackson there and said, I'll do yeah, it, yeah, but Sam you need Jackson. to give me a purple lightsaber. Yeah, and George is like, sure, sure, even though lightsaber color means something. And uh, there's no discipline of Jedi I know of that uses purple. But he made his fact, own card. He made his own discipline of of Jedi. He's, a, he's, he's a the only of... one who knows how to use that that style of fighting. He's a little bit of light. He's a little bit of dark. Red and Which blue. Which is why it's the Jedi. other thing. Like, Red and typically, blue make purple. I mean, going off of Knights of the Old Republic, which obviously the definitive source of all information, Star Wars, um, purple lightsaber, that's a dark Jedi color. Yes. Typically. Historically. Yes. Um, in one of the weirdest crossover... So, let me preface this by saying, this Sonic 30th anniversary weekend, um, things are on sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, go uh, hop on Steam, and uh, have we beaten Mania on up. stream? When it came out during the Hurricane Harvey thing, we did a we did a stream on it. Okay, I don't know that we ever finished it. Um, Would be a fun one off. Yeah, maybe. I I I struggle with some of the later levels of Mania because they get a little too spike happy with the level design. I feel okay. It makes it frustrating to complete. But anyway, back to this. Uh, aside from that, you can get all of it. Sonic Mania, you can get for two bucks right now on Steam. Uh, you will never spend two dollars more wisely than buying Sonic Mania. Uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle is 74 cents on Steam right now. I've bought soda for less money. Um, Sonic 2 is one twenty dollar twenty four Sonic Spinball's a dollar twenty four Sonic three and Knuckles. They call me Knuckles, unlike Sonic I don't chuckle. Have you listened to that whole song? Yeah dude. It's fucking wild. It is. <laughs> I I still prefer the Knuckles and Knuckles version. I, I that one gets a little too like blue humor towards the end for me. <laughs> but it mm-hmm. is kind of it, the the hook is uh pretty funny. Uh, that's one twenty dollar twenty four. Um, Sonic 
DX is one nineteen. I don't know why that's more expensive than Sonic Adventure Two Battle. Uh, it is undeniably worse. <laughs> you I know you never okay. know. This is so. Oh, okay. I I I get it. Okay, so Sonic Adventure Two Battle is not the whole game. It is just the content that was added into the GameCube version. Oh, I see. So so Sonic Adventure Two is 149 and then if you want the battle dlc that's 74 cents that makes a little more sense uh and of course sonic forces 999 uh if you're going to buy a 3d sonic game on this list that is an adventure title buy sonic generations it's five bucks right now it's the best sonic game they've made in years um but anyway the the weird where this gets weird and it's like the third feature thing. So you have Sonic Mania as the top feature. Then you have uh, Team Sonic Racing. And then you have Two Point Hospital, which is having a free weekend and co- in-game costumes of Sonic and Tails and Knuckles and Amy. Um, unlike Sonic, you don't chuckle. <laughs> He'd rather flex his muscles. They call them Knuckles. Uh, that is the article. There's a video embedded in there, and I guess it's kind of like Sims meets Prison Architect, where you design hospitals and put people in them, and now you can dress your characters up as Sonic characters. Now, if you had uh, Sonic and Two Points Hospital crossover on your Sanderson's bingo card for this week, uh, then you can also claim bingo. So if you had... And if you, you actually both turn Ridley's... that in, because I need to see how we made a bingo card with that one on it. Um, good Lord, you may have found an SCP. <laughs> turn that into the foundation for study. Um, yeah, these mascots look creepy as fuck. Uh, they've got dead eyes. They've got just solid dead eyes looking right Black at you. Eyes. <laughs> it, and that is Sonic with with short sleeves, arms. That's a little weird. Um, and tails also. Yeah. Yep. It's for me. It's still not the weirdest crossover for me. That one was the Stranger Things Seven Deadly Sins video game crossover, where um, you know the classic Netflix anime with with Stranger Things. Well, that makes sense because they're both Netflix properties. I don't think Two Point Hospital is a Sega game. I, I should know. I should probably look that up before I say that. Um, okay, it is a Sega game. All right. Objection withdrawn. Um, it has very positive reviews for what that's worth. Let's <laughs> get that. And it's it's marked off seventy five percent, so you can get it for eight seventy four instead of thirty five dollars. Uh, there is a new Sonic game coming out. It was supposed to be announced today, the 30th anniversary weekend, but it got leaked a little early. So, um, back in May, there was a Sonic live stream, which ended with a teaser for a new game coming in 2022. It had Forrest and some kind of digital effect when Sonic ran real fast, but not much else was known about it. And an interview with four gamer translated by 
someone who calls himself Nintendo enthusiast. Sonic Team head Takeshi. Uh, I'm going to assume that's an I. Takeshi Azuka or Takashi Azuka uh, has admitted that the announcement was made a little bit early. We haven't announced a brand new action game for Sonic series since Sonic Forces. He said, referring to the disappointing 2017 game. And that caused fans to worry. Well, it was a bit premature. I wanted to at least take the occasion of the 30th anniversary to announce a brand new title was in development. When asked about the mysterious shape that Sonic traces, seen at the above the end of the trailer, uh, Izuka said, it's something symbolic that appears in the game, but its meaning is still a secret. However, I will say that it's not something one would figure out through deduction. We'll eventually share more details, so please wait a little longer. Um, I hope it's good. That's all I can say is I hope it's, I hope they, they learn from the mistakes of Sonic Forces, which was, uh, too short a game, (laughs) too much focus on a character creation tool, which, I mean, let you live out your first zone of fantasies, but other than that, didn't add much to the game. Uh, just give us generations too. That's all you gotta do. More stages, More generation. further generations, or or at least you know just use that gameplay format. Like, or just give us Sonic Rush for the Switch for a big console. Put Sonic Rush on a big old big big time console. I mean, I don't want that as a new game. I don't want them to be like, "This is your big new game for Sonic." I mean, yes, I want Sonic Rush on Switch, sure, but mm. I want that to just be Sonic Rush ported to the Switch. You know. <laughs> would be nice yeah um Vision blizzard so there's updates to this saga i, uh, I read the employees... some of these allegations and holy shit yeah yeah it's it's, it's pretty bad it's, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty fucked disgusting. up it's pretty damning um i don't know how they're gonna twist it like just because the there was some initial feedback that they were just saying that was like oh this isn't a reflection this isn't accurate i'm like Yo, how can you say this isn't accurate when you have so many people at the company like verifying that this shit happened? Is that coming from the Cosby Suite group chat? Yeah. Some people have some higher ups of the company have walked back those comments and said their initial response was, quote, tone deaf, which is a way to put that. Sure. (laughs) Um, But uh on Wednesday, Activision employees organized a walkout yeah. of of the company. Uh, um, some of the pictures that are coming out of the signs that they were holding up are are interesting. Nerf male privilege uh, with what looks like a World of Warcraft character. Uh, fight bad guys in game. Fight bad guys IRL. Okay. Some other yeah. normal ones, but those are just the two that were pointed out. Yeah, the walkout is a uh, pretty important. Um, it, it's a um, it's a big show. They have a display. they have a list of four demands to improve conditions for employees at the company. Um, I don't. All right, so uh, they have a demand to end mandatory arbitration clauses in all employee contracts, current and future arbitration clauses, protect abusers, and limit the ability of victims to seek restitution. Um, I'll take their word on that. Uh, the adoption of recruiting 
interviewing, hiring, and promotion policies designed to improve representation amongst employees at all levels, agreed upon by employees and company-wide diversity, equality, and inclusion organization. Current practices have led women, in particular women of color and transgender women, non-binary people, and other marginalized groups that are vulnerable to gender discrimination to not be hired fairly for new roles when compared to men. That's very difficult to prove in a court of law, even if it's true. Mm -hmm. Um... I'm a little more on meritocracy side of these things. Mm. I, but as, as long, long as they're, they're not calling for like a quota. Employees. Yeah, as long as it's not like a quota system, sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, publication of data on relative compensation. That's where that's a little iffy for me personally. That should not necessarily be. Well, I guess they're a publicly traded company. Mm-hmm. But. I think for lower level employees, that's kind of an invasion of privacy. Uh, but publication of data on relative compensation, including equity grants and profit sharing promotion rates, salary ranges for employees of all genders and ethnicities at the company, current practices of led aforementioned groups not being paid or promoted fairly, empower a company wide diversity, equity, and inclusion task force to hire a third party to audit ABK's. Reporting structure, HR department, and executive staff it is imperative to identify how current systems have failed to prevent employee harassment and to pro- propose new solutions to address these issues. Um, some of it feels like uh, they're kind of lumping in other demands not necessarily relevant to some of these accusations. Oh, sure. But, you know, you got a lot of public backing at the at this time. So sure. if you're going to try to push for that, yeah. Opportunistically, yep. it, now would be the time to do so. Yeah, make, sure it makes sense, yeah. It's it's also like it's like uh, you know, a company given into those demands also is like, you know, trying to make amends for, you know, previous mistakes. Not only writing the wrongs, that's, you know, kind of getting it back to like level, but also, you know, uh, as a you know, reparation for you should say. Huh? You would say you might say with interest. Yes. Yes. Exactly. You know, they for a while now, you know, people have been mi- being mistreated, and nothing has like come from it. I mean, some of the and the HR thing is specifically designed because like that they're supposed to protect the employees, and if like your HR is well, like not, eh. they should. They should. I mean, if you want to, if you want to, uh, you know, well, no, I'm, opinion, I'm not saying they shouldn't um, protect the employees, but the role of I mean, it's right in the name, human resources. Yeah. But Their like, interest is to the company. But who do you go to if you have a complaint against a manager or another coworker? You go to HR. And if they're yes. like, if they're not doing the responsible job of, you know, taking, uh, you know, taking responsibility of that employee and then reprimanding them, then that's, that's messed up. It's like, who do you have else to go to? You're one. Well, that's that was one of the demands, right? Is uh, yeah. is not doing arbitration because yeah. it sounds like what they did was, oh, you have a complaint. Let's refer this to internal arbitration so that we don't have to deal with this in court. And, and some and of the specific, affairs. Some of the specific yeah. issues are with HR, whereas one uh, one employee like had a complaint against another uh, employee and went to HR and they just sent out like a memo to everybody being like. Oh, Rachel had a problem with this. Can you please stop? It's like that's not what the fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah, who, 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 who taught you I mean, HR? That's, 
fucking I mean, <laughs> middle school. To be fair, to be fair, that that's very common corporate HR sort of stuff. I mean, not not necessarily with something this like, uh, extreme. But to call but, out a specific employee in like a public setting. All right. Oh yeah, that's that's a little. Like, it's like they sent it out to everybody. Part. They're like, okay. But I remember a lot of employees at, at my old place of employment. Well, I guess I mm-hmm. still work there for one more week. Um, but uh, at my place of employment, a lot of employees, they have this basically a bullpen where all the fucking desks are. And it's all open. There's no offices sure. or cubes or anything. And it gets really fucking loud. And everyone has to do fucking meetings on teams because we're in a pandemic. And it becomes very difficult to fucking hear shit. And people complained about it. And instead of doing anything, HR just sent out an email being like, here are some tips to fucking help reduce the level of noise in the office area. And yeah, it's like that. That I can see. Yeah. When it's general like yeah. thing. But I guess they, they were very poignantly like singling out the person who made the complaint. And I'm like, yo, what? What are you yeah, that's, doing? That's, that's very wrong. Like, like I mean, crazy. <laughs> I don't think there are a lot of people on Activision's side in any of yeah, this. Yeah, no, that's the thing. <laughs> so, like, like we were saying, like we, uh, like I think this last week, we didn't want to like dive too deep into it because nobody, none of us read into it. But after learning about some of the shit that was going on there, frat boy culture is like the perfect way to describe some of the stuff. Uh, cube crawls, like crawling under coworkers' cubes and trying to like mess with female employees. It's like. What the oh, fuck, geez. dude? And somebody <laughs> described it as like it's like it's like a stereotypical nerd, like it, it, from like a movie. Mm. I would say like not like Revenge like of us. the Nerds, like a stereotypical nerd yeah. getting power and then being like, okay, this is my time to shine. Uh, you know, it's so it's, it's so only. weird because it's such like, not mega douche. Yeah, it's like really weird because you hear all these complaints that are kind of like you view as kind of like a straw man, like this person doesn't really exist. And in a lot of cases, that person doesn't really exist. But apparently they all work at Activision. Yes. Because yes. <laughs> they all work there. There's a lot of stories of this kind of behavior where you're like, who the fuck would, who the fuck does this? Don't you have work to do? Who has the time for this shit? Yeah, you're fucking crunching so hard to get your game out the door like when do you have time to fucking cubicle, crawl under crawl people's fucking cubicles and and uh and another thing to point out is because i guess this is happening a lot over twitter to like responses about this uh, a lot of people have been saying oh so uh battlefield is delayed or oh call of duty or whatever a game they're in development over uh is delayed there's there's some people are saying it jokingly but some people are actually serious about it after mm-hmm. seeing all the walkouts and everything, they're like, oh, so this is going to be delayed. That's not the point. If you're Suck concerned up, about a release date, stop. <laughs> yes. You know, these Two are things. humans behind the games who are creating this. They One, need to be One, that's not the protected. point. One, that's so not the point. And two, Activision is a publisher. Uh-huh. They do not develop the game. They just set up <laughs> the channels for it to be released. Um, Very true. But the, the, the bigger point is there that's that really should not be your concern. No. In any of this. Your concern is how is this AAA company, you know, this massive name in gaming, this fucking corrupt? And 
Uh, also, yo, I hope it's an uh, now would be the time to sell out if you <laughs> yeah. have stock in Activision Blizzard. Now would be the time to sell out. Well, because the other thing is like, yeah, I mean, I think it was Microsoft who said like they're not doing anything. They didn't have anything to do with them at the time, so it's really like a mm-hmm. it was a saving face kind of thing. Because I don't uh, think they Bungie, have. I think, said something like that. Was it Bungie? Yeah. Okay, all right. Because they were already things. out. They were already the out. They like they didn't have anything going with them, but they were like, "Hey, we're not doing anything with them and go, moving forward." It's like, okay, well, you didn't already, but good. But it's also it brings up a good point: Are the partners with Activision Blizzard going to like cut contracts or like maybe pull back or pull out of things? Uh, I think larger developers who could probably have influence to get a similar deal at a different publishing company probably will. Uh, like I said last time. Don't hate on or try to cancel a smaller developer that has a contract that they can't really get out of with Activision Blizzard. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd hope they would offer them a chance to get out of the contract. But if they can't, you know, these yeah. people also need to put food on the table and they have an agreement with Activision Blizzard. So don't don't be mad at them. You can be mad at Activision Blizzard and you can if you feel like that's reason enough to not buy the game, then sure but don't like harass or send hate to any developer that doesn't pull out of uh an agreement with activision blizzard unless you know they've been like oh yeah unless they've like publicly said oh we're okay with this yep because uh, mm-hmm. they might not really be in a position where they can afford to do so yeah i think it'll only really affect like like beginning talks of like maybe somebody hey oh i'm in you know we want to do like a collab or have you make our game you know if that's in the very beginning stages definitely probably cancel that deal because you don't want to be attached to the negative pr to it that's where it might it might make the more importance but yeah if you already have a contract it's like i doubt there's any way you can back out unless they give you a way out but yeah shit big big things are happening over there and uh yeah it's it's a shake up for sure um they are i think the largest publishing company uh they're a good bit larger than uh i think 2k Hmm. would be the next largest well let's hope that if uh if employees leave they they find refuge at other better gaming companies and then maybe Mm -hmm. other games get better because of it and yeah there might be there might be like a a couple companies that spin out out of this but yeah Mm -hmm. like (laughs) i can't say that i'd blame anyone for leaving activision blizzard even if you're not a woman it sounds like it's just a pretty shitty place to well, that's work another for. thing it sounds like, like a pretty dark place yeah <laughs> well i was also before we get into that i was gonna say it's also not just the women too it's also there were some men who spoke out about sexual harassment <laughs> too so just some, just remember men can be victims too and in fact men are actually slightly i don't know if they're more likely to be victims but they're uh there's been a lot of research that says that they're they're easier prey because of societal stigmas sure. about them not mentioning it. In fact, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, her first few cases she litigated were uh, sexual harassment cases with men as plaintiffs. Notorious okay. RPG. That's a that's you a just dark got place. Ginsburg'd. That's, that's a my, dark that's, place to go to. It's one of my just family's like favorite SNL skits. The mind of was... merengue. <laughs> Yeah, Garth Morendu. As I, I always hear it wrong, it's like Garth Morendu. I was like, how do you even hear it? Is that Peter? Garth well, Morengi. Um, 
it's it is uh I don't even know how it's six episodes. Um it's not a very long series. Um but mm-hmm. it is it is really it's well packed. Like it's it's packed in there. And uh like the first handful of episodes are the first half of the series is notably better than the second half i think in terms of material mm-hmm. um especially that that first episode is just that's right it, that was it kicks it off it sets perhaps too high a bar for the rest of the season to clear mm-hmm. that's what that's the one he's like if nothing else we get this first episode out they can cancel the series but we're getting this one out um yeah, if they don't pick it up they don't pick it up but <laughs> yeah just a um the the things that stick out the most to me are the is the the weird accuracy to actual 80s TV or the the at least the verisimilitude in that like it just you look at it and you're like yeah this was I I remember seeing TV bad TV shows like this in the 80s yes like the attention to bad details are is just it's so good mm-hmm. like the fucking fake production errors the yep. <laughs> The continuity errors, the intentional continuity errors, uh, not even like the the like runs that they're really playing hard for jokes, like the one in the scene in the first episode with the cool at Sanchez rant where he's got yeah. the shovel and then the coffee cup and then the shovel again. There's there's just and at the again at the end where he has the shotgun and he's shooting shotgun and then he's next to Garf when he's shooting the pistol <laughs> with no gun. Just the fucking the intentional continuity errors crack me up every time I see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the yeah. I, I should ask which. So I was gonna say this for later, but I might as well ask now. Uh, of the of the bad good effects, because I realize like I'm looking at some of these effects, and some of them are like so bad that they are actually good. Like you have to put in effort to these things to make them look shitty. Um, what was your guys's favorite effect? in the series um, good or bad I, I fucking cracked up with the fucking whisk <laughs> the whisk to the neck yeah. the whisk to the neck was, was I like all the all the uh, the monkey off. effects that they did cause then they talked about it and they were like they were like we didn't think uh, we didn't think these uh, prosthetics would uh, hold up on VHS but it really does it <laughs> still yeah, looks, fucking monkey makeup. Still, <laughs> still looks good. Looks good. Uh, Some my of it, you know, I, I never oh. had any issue with that. You know, I'd I'd play a Nazi or. A, I wouldn't or ever. Kiss I, don't, a man. I don't think I'd ever kiss a man. You know, not, not, not even, even for, for the, the big, big boys. <laughs> That's the other thing is it's so much so many fucking quotes. Um, my favorite, like as an effect, I was looking. I'm like, I think my favorite has to be the eye child because. They yeah, actually put shit good. together to make a not only one. They def, they definitely made two eye child. There's one that was get, could be thrown around and bashed into walls and shit. They made the one that bites his finger, and they made a third one which was a puppet. Um, which was whenever he moved his eye, it was always when um, fuck I forget who played um, Garth Marenghi playing uh, Rick yeah, Douglas. He's, he's he's one. He's he's a. Uh... He's one who hasn't really been in too much outside of it. Uh, Matthew Hollands. Matthew Holland. Yeah, Hol- so whenever... Holness. Matthew Holness. If you go back and look at that, that whole series, like that whole episode, 
whenever the thing moves its eye, it's definitely him with his hand up the up Skipper's ass, um, yeah. doing the motions because he's got him cradled in his arms. So he has a perfect, you know, they they actually had to cleverly frame the shot to make it look like. <laughs> It was both a, a shitty puppet it's and like, a convincing it's like a bad. It's like a bad indie movie where they spend a lot of money to make it look like they didn't spend any money mm-hmm. at all. Yes, Except exactly. they actually, they, they walked the line very well. Mm-hmm. There is one effect that actually kind of like, I didn't know how they did it. Uh, surprisingly, weirdly, was um, episode two, which was <laughs> all just being terribly misogynistic. <laughs> um, at the end when she's, when Liz is like, she's full, she's gone full Carrie psycho and is in the corner and her body, her entire body sways, but she doesn't move at all except her face is like her actual face. So I'm like, did they get like a mannequin? She's like going through a hole in the wall or like, did they, is she just really good at being stiff and they got her, they got the the rotating wires to, to do the effect. Like ha, that one actually, that one, that one tripped sure. me up. Yeah. Which is weird because the rest, again, the rest of the effects are uh, appliances on strings. <laughs> you know, a, a an eagle-eyed viewer might be able to see the wires, but then you're not really paying attention to the storytelling. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, um, it's just so the I, I find the commentary segments because those are you know it's just like here we're gonna do it you know there's a joke coming up. Like, in the in the show segments, like, yeah, they have to kind of feign a plot for a few hours, and yeah. they'll put some jokes in there, but whenever it cuts to um, those guys talking, he's just about to say the stupidest thing. Yeah, I, I wonder how much of that was scripted and how much of that was just them, like, improv <laughs> I feel like a lot of that was uh, Richard Iades. Um, uh, his, just his mind. I what I... His, Iowa, Iowa. Yeah, I. Um, so yeah. I wanted to like get like the the actors' names because I like pulled up on uh, IMDb. Oh, oh, there's, Richard, there's my my boy Matt Berry. Iwata is so good. Yes, he did it. He had a a very storied career. I think before and after this. I um, think this might have been his like first big thing. Let's, let's um, see. Let's click on this. Then he did the IT crowd, and then he did the US IT crowd, and then he was in a in, in a movie with Ben Stiller, I think. Was it the Watch? Um. So he hmm. did a he did a show back in '99, Armstrong and Miller. Um. I don't know if he was a recurring character or not, but uh, he, that was like maybe his debut. And then yeah, Garth Marenga's Dark Place was uh. Oh, like what? his first shit that he did. This was based on. I'm learning actual lore about the show. This was based on a stage show um, called Garth Marenghi's Fright Night, spelled with a K, of course, um, <laughs> which was in 2000 and was nominated for a Perrier Award, which is a, a comedy show award. Okay, sure. In Britain. All right. So it was, yeah, written by uh, Matthew. Holness, um, who plays Garth and Richard Iowate. Um they did the Fright Night and then I guess they, they got Channel Four to pick it up as a as a pilot. Um Yeah. Mm. Like, and a lot of it's spun out of this. Like I said, they 
large intersectionality of uh, actors and projects after after this. Um, Matthew Holness has appeared in less than the other ones, but he does. He is in an episode of Toast of London, mm-hmm. and he is in um, Year of the Rabbit, which was another Matt Berry Channel Four comedy series, which yeah. I I have on Plex. I'm going to check it out. Mm-hmm. But um, he fucking knocks it out of the park in this. Oh, he is so good as Garth Marenghi, and or and Rick Douglas, who Rick Douglas at times. You know, if you close your eyes, it sounds like it's Jason Statham. <laughs> it does, though. He's got a very, like... Especially in, like, episodes... I think three is the iChild one, right? Four. All right, four. Three um, is... um. Is it the... It's not the monkey... Three was the monkey water, yeah. Okay. I don't want to spoil Good too job. much, but think Planet of the Apes. <laughs> the Apes of um, Wrath. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, with the iChild episode when they're in the fucking office. Mm-hmm. Where were you last night? No way. You just close your eyes and it sounds like it's Jason Statham arguing with Things. <laughs> Things. 2359, don't make me stand here and count. <laughs> Which is like, it's it's so good because it's almost a badass line. It's It just rides that line, but when it it comes so close and fails. That's like that's like a comedy gravity assist, right? Where you get so close to the planet, <laughs> but you miss it and it shoots out faster than it you came in. Slingshot it, yeah. It's like slingshotting a joke past effect, like an actual action one liner. Um, I like I like some of the running jokes, like how they how Dean Lerner was only on the production because they let him shoot his shotgun whenever he wanted. <laughs> Because there's like all the shots of like he's got a shotgun. <laughs> the plates outside just ah, shit. <laughs> he's not even. He never. He just, sometimes he doesn't shoot at anything. He's just shoot at whatever. Like some of these, I, it seems like one of those shows where behind the behind the behind the scenes, because this thing is is like a fucking lasagna. Yeah, of there's many, devices. many meta Because the way the way it's shot is like they show the episode and they also do like a behind the scenes. Right, the like actual, it's a like an uh, anthology revival of an old show. Yeah, with yeah. So the, so the premise the is that horror writer Garth Marenghi, in the '80s, wrote, directed, and starred in Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, which is a show within the show. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I think, um, supposed to be a spinoff of the Stephen King um, miniseries, like the TV series. Gotcha. It feels to me like he's trying to do like this character is supposed to be like a crappy Stephen King in particular. Yeah, I, yeah he's, he's he's that kind of writer. So um, it didn't get picked up by any major network because it was a, a bad vanity project. Mm-hmm. And now in in the year 2004, there's a stark creative drought um, in British television and Channel 4 has decided to air Garth Marenghi's Dark Place for the first time on British television it had a brief run in Peru <laughs> prior to that that's, that's our, that is our story and he, he uh, lovingly restored it with interviews from himself and members of the cast and crew who were still alive and didn't Piss him off. <laughs> Those who are still alive and didn't offend me. 
and uh, yeah, that's the so it's it's the, the setup. It's it's the setup. The show is you know they have the episodes are like twenty two minutes, and I would say about sixteen to eighteen of that is dark place the show and then the rest is the intro and and cut-ins from the uh cast and crew for relevant we had to uh, use slow motion was it we were, we were, was it just the, um it was just matt yeah barry and, and, and richard iwari and and holness uh because <laughs> in storyline the girl who played uh liz oh fuck liz is dead <laughs> presume missing you think she's still alive? No, no, no. I think, I think she's, she's buried, in the, buried in the eastern block. <laughs> you think she had a service? No, I just, I just think that's where her body is. <laughs> if she had a burial at all. <laughs> Cut to credits. <laughs> oh, my God. It yeah. indulges in a lot of those 80s kind of um, tropes. Especially the intro is like, it, this yeah. is a horror show. It's very Twilight Zone. But, well... Not not that intro, like the oh. the theme, the credits for for Garfield oh. used Dark Place, the show within the show, <laughs> yeah, is the like show. an A Team style Magnum PI yeah. action yeah. montage for what yeah. should be a horror show. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it has things like where they're talk like the the badly shoehorned in messages, which. Yeah. Which is so true. Like it took them till the nineties, the late nineties, to get that shit down pat. Yeah, I love, I love. I know authors who use subtext, and they're all cowards. <laughs> the question I was asking is: if the workers of of if America's or if Britain's workforce turned into monkeys, could they literally be paid peanuts to work? <laughs> what was the one? It was the one where um. Oh, the fuck! Again, it was the Eye Child episode where he's talking about his son the whole episode, and right at the end, he's like, "And that's my question to you, the government: Are you gonna yeah. let shit pile up? Or are you gonna clean clean up your workflow? Let stuff the go pube. through? Yeah, the pube on the pipe. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't my pube. That they're, they're gray, white, as it. <laughs> and that's my. I picked up the pube because it made that place better. And that's my question: to The government, are you gonna get you your hands what? dirty? Thinking on it, it had to have been. I'll, I I bet it was a lot improvised. Be, improvised because it reminds me of Best in Show. It was that kind of like they improvised it and then they 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 punched it up. Yeah, kind of like how they do Corp Line, where it's mm-hmm. it's improvised and then they like okay this was good and we we punch it up a little bit more after the fact uh yeah. but yeah as peter alluded to before, kind of a, the best cutaway in the entire fucking series i don't remember what episode it was in i think it was in either the second one or maybe it was the fourth where it's like uh the episodes were running up to eight minutes under so we use slow motion <laughs> the only way to ex- bring it up was to use slow motion uh, we tried to stay away from scenes that had dialogue, but anything else was considered for slow motion. <laughs> and, and it's just him. So much. I think it was the Agile episode because there's so much unnecessary slow motion. Like when they're chasing him down and Matt Perry comes in and he fucking does the fucking karate pose and then points. <laughs> yeah, Matt Perry's. Uh, he fucking steals it because he's doing the the actor who's way too into it and who's who's like especially he's got his own ego and like his own way so yeah the hammy actor yeah 
which which leads to some of the most iconic lines in the series. You and he were buddies. Buddies, weren't you? <laughs> what I do is I sometimes take a tin of soup, heat it up, poach an egg in it, and serve <laughs> that with a pork sausage roll. <laughs> it can happen like that. You just fall you in love. fall in love in an instant. <laughs> yeah, but um, there... So all these episodes are on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You can find them on YouTube. Just surf, search Garth Marenghi. Um, Marenghi's notoriously difficult to spell, so I will give you the uh, spelling here. It's M-A-R-E-N-G-H-I. Uh, Mike, Alpha, Romeo, Echo, November, Gulf, Hotel, India. If you're a NATO phonetic alphabet enthusiast. <laughs> I am. I'm a NATO enthusiast. <laughs> I know all the letters. The few people you'll meet who's written more books than they've read. For some I'm... of the few people you'll meet who've recorded more podcasts than they've listened to. <laughs> He's <laughs> my fa- one of my favorites was the uh, fucking. I call him the Orson Welles of horror, not because <laughs> of his physical size, <laughs> not just weight. because of his weight. <laughs> <laughs> That sent me. When they when they uh, lost the footage of all the of the fight between all of them, yeah, right at the end, yep, the last right episode. The, and then the last episode, they lost all the footage of the fight, and they somebody's girlfriend took Polaroids of of all the people. Girlfriend <laughs> at the time. This is a drinking related incident. <laughs> Fantastic! I love that. That oh was the last God. episode too. I I'm really sad that this didn't get a second series. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it could have turned out like Southpaw. It could have, yeah, could have, could have not lived up to the hype. Sometimes, you know, as much as you want more, it's better to let the legend live on untouched. You know, the whole mm-hmm. you either die here or live long enough to see yourself become the villain sort of uh, yeah. paradigm. And, and it's hopefully that, its spirit kind of carries on and permeates. Well, I think I feel I like think it, it has because like the, the IT crew, yeah. Off. yeah. With the, the, the things IT that crowd created. and Toast of London. And, I mean, they're not in the same like vein. I guess Toast of London is kind of the most similar of of them to Dark Place because it's got some surreal meta narrative stuff going. Not a lot, but a little bit um, mm-hmm. going on there. Um, but it really it launched the careers of some very creative and funny people that have made a lot of good stuff. So if you've never seen it, uh, you definitely should. And, you know, it's funny because we Peter finds finds things on YouTube. He He's like a look at I, I like wanna, a truffle I pig. Use the, the, yeah, truffle pig. I was going to I don't want to use the term bottom feeder, but he's he's down. Oh, absolutely. Depths. I'm a bottom feeder. What the fuck did I even send you guys before we started this? <laughs> Y'all haven't even and you haven't even watched halfway through that. So you don't even know what's coming at the end. Um, well, I, I, I skipped watch around. I'll, I'll watch the whole thing at, at some point. Um, but we were watching these clips and we were fucking clowning on them. And then we, I, I graduated to full episodes. And I'm like, this first episode is fucking the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, mm-hmm. And I still crack up every time I see it because it's right at the beginning. Because the shake was his hand. And he's like, oh, for like 45 <laughs> seconds of this hilarious scream. Um, well, the, but the like, broccoli episode, also, the, there were, he walks out there and just screams, people, ah! 
yeah, there are other people that uh, have picked up on this. Like I saw a Cosmonaut Variety Hour has a whole episode dedicated to how uh, this is the best worst show ever made. So other people also think this is great. So if you've yeah. never seen it and you like our kind of humor, you will definitely like this. Mm, absolutely. It's a 10 it's out of 10 actually, would recommend. Watch. Best yeah, worst quick. show is like the, the perfect way to describe it. And it, it, it really is. And it's kind of like, it's, it's a lot like black dynamite and that it's a parody of a genre and it, it nails it to mm-hmm. a T. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like with with production gaffes and all the things you would see in a low budget production like this made by people who have no idea what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, um, I mean, it, and it's it, it's just so meta, and the characters are so self congratulatory, yeah. and well, I, the whole thing is so masturbatory to fucking Carp's character. I think it's also perfect too because like it. You know, it takes that genre of like hospital, John, like hospital dramas, eighties hospital shows, like and like, like those General have, Hospital, those which last was huge forever, at the time, though. But they're always so popular, maybe because oh like, yeah, no, like hospitals. I don't know, but like fucking you know, you yeah, yeah, the Grey's Anatomy, like Anatomy and all that shit, like all the the, like the good doctors, ER, like, people house. love hospital dramas for some reason, and this is a hilarious spinoff of it, and just like. You kind of forget that they're like doctors and stuff like that. Years like before Scrubs, too. Yeah, actually, no, not years before Scrubs. I think debuted in two thousand. So you you um, forget that they're kind of like they're 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 doctors and all that shit. And then they're like all of a sudden he's like, hold on, I have to make a pit stop. And he stops by a kid's kid's place and is like, here's those the bag kid of prescription who's, medications. Whose father you can't buy. is the pa- my favorite in the first episode is the kid's father is sick in the hospital. Not the kid, yeah. but for some reason the kids in this fucking like hospital room that's done up like a children's room. And they're like, "You're a hero. They should give you a medal." They just should pay you like... a hero's wage. Yeah. <laughs> There's the other one. That's the another one of my great in. cutaways from from Dean. He's like, "I I once punched the, one of the child actors because <laughs> he was critical of Garf's writing. <laughs> Less of a fist and more of an open hand." <laughs> the big reddish bruise. There's lots of crying. You know. <laughs> it's uh, so yeah. good. It's such a. Such I mean, a all the episodes it. are on YouTube. Um, it will cost you nothing but your time to watch, and it is time well spent. Anytime you're like, hmm, I'm kind of bored. I don't know what to do. Just just throw on Dark Place. Uh, once again, that's Garf Marenghi. M A R E N G H I. His Dark Place. Possessive apostrophe S. Um, so, uh, yeah, can't recommend this enough. Uh, come back for more Saturn Studs, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Saturdays. Place to go. We've been streaming other days of the week as well. Uh, but we did we did finish up our For the King run. Uh, so if you are interested to see how that went, the VOD should still be up. Um, and it'll be up on YouTube shortly um, if you did miss out. So check that out. Uh, don't know what we're going to be doing tonight. Uh, kind of. Kind of got a hankered for Risk of Rain too, so that's that's kind of on the short list. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, we'll check out Borderlands Three Director's Cut and all that good stuff that we've been missing when we were fucking chained to the cellar that was Divinity Original Sin Two. I think I think we all have this game. We might want to play Divinity Original Sin Two. Um, it might be <laughs> worthwhile checking out. 
give it a quick run through. I apologize so much for that. I don't know. I usually, before we do a game on stream, I go to howlongtobeat.com, and if it's over 60 hours, I'm like, I don't think we're going to be able to do that. For whatever reason, even though this game had been on my radar for a while, I did not check how long it was. <laughs> Turns out it is fucking almost 100 hours long. Yeah, I have, I have playtime of 94 hours. We're, we're, getting, we're closing on the home stretch on uploads. Yeah, we're, we're getting to have to sit down and do editing on some of the other stuff that we have in the can. Um, but yeah, it's, it, that, that kept us prisoner for a long time. So in that time, stuff came out. Uh, <laughs> we didn't have a chance to play it because we were just fucking every available opportunity trying to get through this because we didn't want to play it for, you know, 10 months straight. And we still played it for like three months straight. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was pretty rough. All right, but that that's the place to go. Twitch TV backslash Sound Studs. Soundstuds.com is a useful resource for all your links to archive episodes, uh, our YouTube channel, and Twitch channels. So all that stuff is there for you. And uh, until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye-bye.